Hey, what's good, people? You're over there. This is episode 117. This is the Option Podcast. That is Wendy Jones of the Optimist Journal. She is back like Mace, just five years, and she's back again. And ladies and gentlemen, the episode starts right now. I said right now. Hey, what's up, people? I got to give the people what they want. I don't even need to sing it. You know why? Because this woman comes with her own song. That is Wendy Jones. What's good, Wendy? Oh, I love these conversations. I woke up this morning so happy we were going to do this. Yeah. yeah. This, I always associate your face with this song. You're hilarious. This has been going on since July. You showed me this commercial. I feel it. Bunch of nosy motherfuckers, though. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Did we say it right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's go on split screen because, Miranda, I miss you, but you're not here with me, but you're here in spirit. And I speak for Wendy when I both when we both say, get your ass back here. <laughs> He's dying in tech. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I love you is like code for get your ass oh, back yeah. here. No, so. I know. You're drowning in tech is what I should say. Yep. So but you got it. So, Wendy. Yes. See any good comedy specials lately? <laughs> well, it's actually, strange you should say that. Strange you should say that. And as usual, I read about anything before I see it because I am a much better reader and listener than I am, a, you know, following what's going on on Netflix or whatever. I have like way too many streaming services these days. But um, yeah, I read, I think, your Facebook post first. Mm hmm. And then I did some Googling, started reading a few news articles, and then I went and watched The clo uh, the Closer, the new yeah. Dave Chappelle. Yeah. And so I had some, I had the, the news under my belt before I watched it. And I watched it from start to finish and honestly thought so many different things. But I, if you watch it start to end, it is a beautiful human story that he is telling mm -hmm. through comedy. Right. And yes, do you, he, he's no different than he's always been. His delivery is amazing. Nobody is, no, nobody's off, you know, he's going to like, what, what's the word? What did he say? <laughs> punch. Go uh, ahead. Punch. punch he doesn't, punch, he doesn't down. punch down. There you go. He punches lines. Yes, exactly. And so I felt like no one was, was off base. Like everybody right. was, it was fair game. Yep. And in the end. He told a beautiful human story that was tragic. So listen to it all the way to the end. Sometimes I think people just read the article and listen to a small part of and get offended really quick. If you only listen to a 10-minute chunk or a 5-minute chunk, sometimes you have to sit and let yourself get triggered by something and then go deeper, yeah. you know? I think... Um well, that was the quick version, but we're, I mean, yeah. anyone thinks that we're going to walk away from the subject no. matter right, uh, oh, right away is sadly yeah. mistaken because there are so many levels. Yeah. Um, as someone who loves comedy and, um, and it's almost like my survival depends on it, um, I will say this. The comic, uh, how, do, if, how, do, how do I rate the actual, the whole performance? Yeah. I give him overall, out of all, compared to all those other stuff, I give him a B. I give him a B. I give him an A plus 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 for uh, content, mm -hmm. for delivery, for timing, and the yeah. cleverness in how he does it. Yes. But as far as like bust your gut, 
like my abs hurt like mm-hmm. I did like 200 sit-ups yeah um I like sticks and stones better I like this and that um and I don't make uh, for the for Dave Chappelle fans and I'm a fan I don't make the illogical leap that let's not make the illogical leap that I didn't like it right um I liked it mm-hmm. I and yes I laughed and there were definitely parts it was like an hour and 12 minutes mm-hmm. there are definitely parts where I laughed uh, for for like these these bits these, it's weird and an oxymoron elongated bits. Yeah. All right. So yeah. um, so the actual for for content for delivery for the importance of the subject matter and this and that, I think I think it was brilliant and I get a a, a, yeah. a plus plus. But as far as like comedy, like motherfucker, make me laugh. Uh huh. I, I give him a B. Okay. He, he's, I he's, hear you. You know, for by uh, by his standards, there were some things that were important and some things that weren't even funny. You yeah. know, and at the end, right. his friend talking about his friend, you know, killing herself. Everybody's like, oh, wait, it's like, a, there's this whole second thing where like, is like David going to say, is David going to say I'm fucking with you? <laughs> or is he going to yeah. say, or, or is like, no, this is serious business. Yeah. Like the story told at the end. Oh, who, that's Who wasn't what I mean. sad for that woman? It was, it was incredibly sad. And it takes a, it, it takes a genius, comic genius to be able to deliver that story in a place where he's also delivering humor but i mm-hmm. thought he did it in such a seamless way that it it was not offensive because in the end he brought that woman into his tribe that's what he said at the end he said you guys thought this was you know i was picking on someone in your tribe you were wrong mm-hmm. she didn't belong to your tribe she belonged to mine yeah so for anyone saying that he doesn't understand that he, the existence i mean he drew so many parallels throughout that and it is he was taken on some big cultural issues and trying to disarm with humor which is what he does and that's what good comics do and i do think there are some comedy shows you can go down to comedy and magic club and just laugh and they're not that the subject matter is not going to be so heavy and serious but he is dissecting some serious issues in society these days with humor and with integrity if you ask me well yeah, I want you. Promise, I, I promise everyone I'm gonna let yeah. you finish your thoughts. No, let's go for it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, she was on episode 100, okay? And she's nice enough to come back like once every 20 episodes. <laughs> and I was gonna wait till 120, but I can't resist. Everybody loves and wants them some Wendy. So, <laughs> so, um, so now that I talked about the first part, let's talk about the other. Um, is it offensive? Uh, was it offensive? Um, if we're just talking about the elephant in the room, we're talking about the transgender community and we're talking about the gay community. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. It's offensive. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. It's offensive. It's comedy. Comedy is offensive. Right. All right. Uh, we're going to, and we'll get to the other in a minute. Comedy, ladies and gentlemen, comedy, um, show me a joke that a whole room laughed at that, that, that did not offend some someone midgets uh, um bus drivers um uh, uh the most popular uh, uh um brands of people middle-aged white men right then the, the, right. the, the unprotected class um uh, which a lot of black comedians uh uh stalk i mean chris rock wouldn't even have a career if he couldn't talk about white people right, right. so yeah. um it's it tell me a joke where everyone's but the entire room's busting a gut that doesn't offend anyone so mm-hmm. it's offensive but it's offensive in a term where it's satire satire is the exercise of ridicule parody caric- caricature um um irony mm-hmm. um it's a it could be a mixture of all of those things it could be two of those things but it's always two or more of those things all right yeah. um and now here's the question was it transphobic was it homophobic and that's where, for me, that's where the rubber meets the road. 
all right? Before everyone jumps on this whole bandwagon, and of course the live stream sucks. Um, <laughs> again, I mean, I still haven't conquered it. Um, um, needs, um, okay, I'm a podcaster, and just because I'm good at this tech shit doesn't mean I'm, uh, yeah, I should be judged on this tech shit. I'm not, this isn't my wheelhouse. Um, so, is it transphobic or is it homophobic? And to me, the answer is absolutely no, and I'll tell you why. We have to explore, explore definitions before we start um, implementing labels. Now, Stop me at any point or tell me if you agree or disagree. Um, let's let's just use transphobia. Not 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 the term phobia. Phobia mm -hmm. just means fear in the classic sense of the word. Right. Transphobia to me uh, generates from a hatred or fear of which you don't understand. All right. Transphobia is this unfounded hierarchy or inherent belief that one is superior or inferior based on their gender. You know, mm -hmm. male, female, trans, male, trans, female, mm -hmm. or for the transgender community, if you just want to be called male and female, mm -hmm. that, that operation's complete. You know what I'm saying? You're my homie, and or or mm -hmm. or, 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 my, or or my honey, or, mm -hmm. you know, you're my motherfucker. Uh, um, cool, whatever you yeah. want to be called, I'm gonna call you that because that's that's how much love and caring I have for my, for for mm -hmm. my friends. Uh, right. I mean, if someone's really not my friend, I'm, I mean, I'm not gonna be impolite, but I'm, I mean. I'm not out there trying to battle for people I, know, I don't know. That that uh, for an individual person, unless yeah. they're my friend, yeah. uh, for a for a movement I might, but for an individual I never met, that could be that. Look, just because someone's trans transgendered uh, doesn't mean they're like a nice person. They're, they're, right. Transgender people are assholes too. <laughs> okay, gay people are assholes too. So, uh, and that's the point he was trying to get across. And whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. finishing with my definition, or just many levels of definitions, and mm -hmm. I'm, and I'll even go to the flimsiest of definitions. Transphobia, fear, loathing, and hatred for what you may or may not understand. Mm -hmm. um, transphobia, uh, um, maybe an exclusion, an exclusionary thing, uh, um, because someone doesn't, because someone's uh, someone's transgender, mm -hmm. and that's that doesn't even fit that definition. But I'll I'll throw that in there too. Um, the inherent belief that someone is superior or inferior based on their gender, which is more racism. Right. And, and that doesn't generate yeah. from fear. He kind of touched on uh, that when um, he talked about feminism, too. Same thing. And I just gave you three definitions, yeah. and two don't even fit. And one is like, even in the flimsiest of terms, and Dave Chappelle doesn't fit any of those. I agree. I agree. He doesn't fit any of those. Well, and he also strikes me as someone who knows himself very well. I'm mm -hmm. sorry to get up on a stage and do what he does. Mm -hmm. You have a ton of confidence. You yeah. have a ton of um, confidence in your ability to deliver what your purpose is, right? I think that the less we know about ourselves, the more offended we're going to be by what's going on, going on out in the world. The more we need reassurance from other people that what we're doing is okay. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't organize and have groups because people like to feel their, their community. But the more comfortable you are with yourself, I don't care if you're gay, trans, black, white, Christian, Jewish, whatever, the more comfortable you are with yourself and what you're doing in the world, the more groups you're actually going to be able to fit into and feel like a part of the community. If you're going to const if people are going to keep putting themselves in, this is my tribe and I am this, I am defined by this one thing about me. It's really, you're cutting yourself off from knowing everything about you. I am um, Wendy and the whole tribe thing is the other thing we wanted to get yeah. to. Look, 
the reason why this even happens, it happens for one or two reasons. And the second reason we'll explore later. The first reason is, uh, and I don't like to say this about my fellow man, they're going at something alone is really hard to do. It is. All right. Going at something, uh, and I speak for both of us in our, in our professions, yeah. um, outside of what we're talking about, you, we, we, um, we can testify yeah. um, to how hard it is to go alone. It is easier to be part of a group. And Bertolt Brecht said that no one person can, can, and can implement change. One person can inspire change. Sure. Right. But, yeah. col- but real change only happens collectively. Right. Like, Absolutely. Like the whole voting rights movement, like black people are not doing that without white people. Yeah. All right. They, it has to be done together. Yes. Black people inspired it or, 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 or instigated it. I don't know if that's the right word, but collectively yeah. we changed it. So, but the, here's where collectivism or, or, or tribalism takes a black eye. If doing it for its own sake and being part of a group, um, at some point you're going to have your own opinion mm-hmm. and you have a decision to make. You can go out in your. You can say, "Hey, you know, I'm, I'm still part. I still want to be part of this gang, yeah. but I, I disagree on this." Or you can just shut up, or or rewire your brain, where where this is okay and that's okay and this yeah. is okay and that's okay. And this is the problem I have with tribalism. There, yeah. there are two very very important things about the Chappelle thing we're talking about. Uh, there's, I just, I'm doing everything's in two today. Um, one, the if you did a survey on the number of people who actually watched the special. Honestly, like, if, I mean, some yeah. of them going to lie. I saw the special because if if because they know what comes next, they know what line comes next if they have to admit. Yes. Uh, so they have. So they got to lie. Right. Yeah, yeah. I saw the special. Um, OK. Yeah. I'm like, how'd you like that bit about, you you, you know, homelessness? Uh, I, that was OK. And I'm, OK, I just made that up. That, yeah, was, that, was, two, that was two shows ago. <laughs> so um, that that's one important thing. And the second thing is. There are people that just his sense of humor rubs them the wrong way. Absolutely. And I will be honest with you. I mean, you sit and talk with me, Jay. Mm-hmm. I I don't talk like Dave Chappelle. It doesn't go on in my house. Like, I'm no. not going to go home and go, hey, kids, watch. Like, some of the words that come out of his mouth, the N-word, for example. Like, when I when I sit down to watch that, it takes like the first 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, oh. oh <laughs> to recalibrate. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Keep listening. Keep listening. Because... I know there's a deeper message there. This guy isn't going to be who he is and be out there. And yeah, you can make commentary on what's on TV today. And, you know, we've got all kinds of shows that never would have aired 20, 30 years ago, whatever. But he's a a genius. Like, he is a genius at what he's doing. But that doesn't mean in the beginning of that that I wasn't sitting there as the type of person that I've been wired to be thus far in my life going, dang, that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. But the, what I've learned to ask in that moment mm-hmm. is why does it make me uncomfortable? Yep. And then I keep listening. And by the end, and that's the thing I want to know is all the people, like who is watching that start to finish? Because I bet you that number that you were asking, people small. were not watching it start think. to finish. It's smaller it, than I think and I already think. I already think yeah. it's small. And at the end of it, I had chills. The story, the inspiration he put out through that comedy was inspiring on a human level yeah not on your group or my group or how do we divide it but i thought i thought what he did he was trying to show people how to unite yeah like i i got the absolute opposite Mm -hmm. out of if i had just stuck to the papers i've been like oh there's some controversy out there again over some comedy show 
Mm-hmm. Well, there, this also comes in phases too, because with tribalism, tribalism, people don't believe in tribalism uh, as far as having many tribes are concerned. They, yeah. they 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 shape it where you where there's only, where they they bring it down to a false dichotomy. Yeah. They narrow the argument to two choices: you're with me or you're against me. You're, yep. you're with Dave Chappelle or you're not with Dave Chappelle. You're right. Team Chappelle or you're not. And and there's so many levels to that. And that's the other thing I wanted to talk about. There's a level of people. There's a there's a group of transphobic uh, transgender people that are like this is offensive and and it's hurtful and this and that. Um, there's also a group of people who never liked him in the first place. They don't like his humor. They don't like this, and it kills them that everyone around them finds him funny. Like, mm-hmm. in a room of 10 people, why am I the only person in this room that doesn't find him funny? So that that kind of person is going to spend um, some time uh, examining his worst moments, mm-hmm. maybe his past, maybe something that happened yesterday, maybe that something happened in the last special, maybe that something happened 10 years ago, and use that as a straw person argument to say, say this this is your boy. This, this is the guy you cheer. Take a look at your boy now. What do you think now? Because cause to those people, it's gone beyond their sentiment for him. It's about right. winning. Yeah. Because now they, they, they don't want to feel like they're alone. And they feel like you're alone and you feel like you're trapped. You feel like you're losing. So mm-hmm. it's, it's becoming about winning an argument. So you watch. Eventually, he's already gone too far. Eventually, they're going to they're gonna, And I'm sad to say they're going to get him. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to get him. And, and when they get him, the king of comedy, um, say goodbye. To, to say goodbye, say goodbye to comedy because that's what's because right he now. is between him and Joe Rogan and, and some yeah. of these some of these people who who people have come after because they've come after politicians they come after this person they came after Kevin Hart yeah. remember the Oscars yes the Oscars um well we heard you made Jake gay jokes eleven years ago and he's like yeah I, I made gay jokes eleven years ago and, and I apologize for that uh, we still don't know and Kevin Hart's like you know what I'll make the decision for you fuck off mm-hmm. you know so um. So that's so that there's that group of people. Yeah. Not not because they're jealous because he has money and they don't. That's mm-hmm. not that's not not even there are people out there, but that's not the group I'm talking about. I'm talking yeah. about a, a people who never liked him from the beginning, and have great resentment that yeah. uh, uh, they're they're victim to a bandwagon fallacy. Like the guy is popular, so he's I, and that and that offends them. They think we collectively aren't a bandwagon fallacy. That just because a premise is popular. Mm-hmm. Or just because he's he's funny and he's popular and he's right, and they might have an argument, but because it's become about winning and losing, there there there's no conversation to be had right. there. Which leads me to our last point. This man, uh, uh, um, I just saw last night on YouTube, uh, um, in- Instagram. He did he got invited an audience, and basically said that and he pick a pick a place, pick a time. You know, he said it in satire, like mm-hmm. he says, I got some stipulations. First, first, his first stipulation is you had to watch a special. Okay, if you yeah. didn't watch it, I, I, I don't want to talk, talk to you. Because yeah. uh, um, he said he cannot, you cannot have a conversation uh, about uh, about this without my voice. Yeah. You can't talk about, I forgot what he said. He phrased well, it, he phrased it so eloquently. He says, you can't, you can't have me on, uh, as a subject matter and not have me in the conversation. Seems um, fair to me. And that's and but that's how he knew it works both ways. I can't talk about transgender people and right. not have a conversation with them. He he just it was a five minute YouTube video. Okay. And he opened um he opened the door. Uh, come see me. Pick the time, place, or whatever. We know they're not gonna do it. Yeah. We know they're not gonna do it. There's a small group of people who are truly hurt by him or mm-hmm. whatever, and those people 
uh, uh, some are comedians, some some are friends, have already talked to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have yeah. already said, look, that's not my thing. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I don't want. You, I don't want you canceled or anything. Well, but that's but damn, damn, dude, you went too far. You know, uh, those people already talked to him. But those but those protesters, those people that walked out. Yeah. That made themselves feel like 35 people was more like 11. Um, in fact... There's 9,400 people that were in Netflix, fact, by the way. In fact, Bill um, Maher said there were so few people, yeah. nobody thought about COVID. <laughs> there was like, that's a, that's a social distance uh, uh, protest. That's hilarious. Uh, and, and again, I don't mean to make the numbers represent someone's, someone's voice as small, but uh, out of those people that walked out, uh, and I'm being pig-headed jumping to conclusions a little bit but the thing me and Chappelle where we can relate is I will say things that that you're thinking in the back of your head that you won't say out loud yeah. all right um how many of those people you think are gonna, are gonna actually come see him pick the time and place come see me uh, yeah yeah I don't think so no. no because we've reached a point in America where it's really just about being against something there's right. not there's not a desire to have a dialogue and to be honest with you like I, the fundamental thing that you have to know before you join any tribe or any group um you want to be a part of a community you have to know what you think and what you represent first if your own value system isn't in place if your own thoughts and your own path isn't real clear to you you're going to get blown by every stray group that comes by and oh i'm gonna go join that one i'm gonna join that one and you're never gonna feel that sense of community agreed so you know i do think there's just a lot of people out there right now that you know you want to hide behind a group but then when you're called out to say what you actually really think it can be a really scary thing and people people don't want to do it well it's a scary thing because he has such an army behind him i mean in their defense yeah there's an army behind him and it's like, so what do you have to say? Well, I have to say this. Boo! You know what I mean? So, so there, there, there's something wake, to be said about that. He didn't just that. wake up with an army behind him. No. Okay? There's an army behind him for a reason. Yep. He didn't just like, get off the couch and decide to go be make a special that the whole country's yeah. going to talk about. They say He's that been and... doing this for a while. Like, yeah. I, I'm tired. Of, and I think that's a little bit of the social media culture. People think, oh, well, these the guys just show up and say whatever they want. Well... That's Guys, not, like, that's, that's not, not how him. he got there. That's yeah. not him. Yeah. No, so. that's not him. Actually, I got a little clip, and I'm, I don't know, I get flagged for this, so what? What all this nonsense <laughs> is about. In summer 2020, when the whole world shut down, I was outside doing shows. My neighbor had a cornfield, and he let me throw shows there, and people came from all over the country. Some people came from around the world. All right. See those shows. Let's see. The best comedian. Let's fix that. I want to get to death. Skip a part. Came out about the close-up. They began disinviting me from these film festivals. And yeah, now, he's, gotten, he's talking about getting disinvited by film festivals. Audience, she will not summon me. I am there not bending to anybody's demands. That is a strong sense of self. And if you want to meet with me, I'd be more than willing to, but I have some conditions. <laughs> You're already laughing because you know what's up. So, all right. So, that's, um, so his conditions were 
you have to see the, the special. The yeah. conditions were, you got to admit, so-and-so is not funny. I forgot there's a, there's um, a lesbian comedian who's been one of his biggest adversaries. So he's given, oh. he gave her her attention. I forgot okay. her name. Oh, oh, my God. Actually, yeah, we got to do that. Okay. Who is it? I don't I, know. I now I got to. You cannot come if you have not watched my special from beginning to end. That makes sense. You, you, I mean, you, you, you got you, you got to you got to watch the special. You can't criticize something when you have that you haven't you seen, must even come though to a place of my choosing and a time of nice. my choosing. Yep. And thirdly, what's her name? You must admit that Hannah Gatsby is not funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's. Hilarious! Now we got to look up Hannah Gatsby. Yeah, I was gonna say I haven't heard her. Well, Hannah Gatsby's one of been one of his biggest, um, um, I guess po- political and social rivals. Okay. What's her name again? God damn. Hannah Gatsby. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Believe, you know what I should have put up? I should have put up Conor McGregor looking back, saying, "Who the fuck is that guy?" <laughs> Conor McGregor was one of my favorite. Um, there it is. Mix, down. One of my okay, favorite guys. Her. I love to hate. Yeah. Um, Conor McGregor. Um, he's like, who on this panel? They had like a panel of fighters. So who in this panel is going to fight me? Who wants to fight me? And one guy's back there. I'll do it. He said, I'll just knock people down. I knock people fucking dead. And he's like, he goes, who the fuck is that guy in the entire room? All right. She's an Australian comedian, writer, and actress. Um, she rose to prominence in her native Australia after winning the national final in the rowdy comedy competition for new comedians in 2016. So... Um, got a little thing on right. her. Um, I mean, across the board, I give com- yeah. comedian. This is not an easy job. No, I uh, mean, like, I give them all credit, mm-hmm. especially in this day and age. But you like, also, you're gonna piss somebody off. But you also have to see what works and what doesn't. Absolutely. You know, I've yeah, had a stand-up comedian on the show, well, Billy Pushida. He, he's a he's a, he's a sex podcaster too. You got oh, you, you, you know, and that, that offends some people, yeah. but it's got legs and yeah. and. Sometimes through extreme introduction, when you bring it back, is this place where you're more comfortable talking about regular people stuff because you just talked about glory holes and fucking. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, wait, there's something on a social level I never talk about uh, that I'm talking about now because we just we well, just talked about my first group party. That's the know? thing about comedy, mm-hmm. though, is that yeah, I think beneath the thing that shocks you and comedy is all different levels like yeah you're gonna get to some i'm sure there's there's comedy out there because i don't watch a ton of it to be honest with you there's gonna be something out there where i'm like okay that just that's went too far and it's not even i can't even find it yeah the funniness but the first thing i think when you're uncomfortable there's usually something underneath there that's worth finding out finding out about right like it, it there just is that's just the nature of the human experience like if you want to stay the same and you want to hold your same beliefs and think I'm right and those those people are wrong, then don't dig under the surface of what just bothered you and that that you know, what that show or anyone anything else that's offending you these 100% days. Hundred percent agree. <laughs> yeah, um well that was the post you saw on my social media thing, right? Yes. Um not even on my um option. That was under right, that was, was under my Jason DeBillius yeah. one, right? Yeah. I basically for anyone who doesn't follow me and and, and you know, for the two people that follow me, I'll say thank you very much. <laughs> thank you for your support. Um <laughs> And for the um, but I will say this, and I did it in humor. I I always like to have a humorous approach to to bring Switch. everybody to the middle. I basically said, I'm look, I'm 51 years old. 
right? When I grew up, I had a black and white TV. And now my 15-year-old, 50-year-old people are like, yo, that's what I'm talking about. Preach, Jason. So, um, so this black and white television didn't have a remote control. No. It had a knob. It, I had a hanger. Because I didn't have an antenna. I had a hanger mm -hmm. for the reception. And for for all of us that wanted to watch a show in its entirety, I had to stand up and hold that hanger with my hand and use my body as a conductor. Because when I let go, we'd lose then the reception again like, and i go back. Yes. So I've done half hours over time holding a hanger, watching a show that my family likes. All right. Now, here's the kicker. <laughs> Somebody, some kid from yeah. this area needs to listen and to some, just some that story. 13 year olds yeah. like this, like, what? <laughs> Sorry, that was funny. Yeah, so um, if we saw something we didn't like, all right, and you only had channel two, four, five, seven, that's four channels, mm -hmm. nine, 11, 13, that's seven. And then you had 41 and 47, yeah. two Spanish channels. Mm -hmm. So that's basically nine channels, right? So right. if you saw something on the TV that you didn't like, that you weren't interested in, you got up. I got up off my Brooklyn butt. I walked to the black and white TV and I, and I changed the channel. And then I had to move the hanger to get reception for that channel. Fast forward 40 years. Yeah. When did we have cable for the people that still have cable for the people who are smart enough to cut the cord i say good for you i'm still old school i still have mine we have streaming services yeah i think it's safe to say and i speak for both of us wendy that we have 900 channels available yeah. to us yeah so you see you see Chappelle. if it's not interesting to you you don't have to move an antenna you don't have to move the hanger and and, right. and change the reception you don't even have to get up you can take your remote control. Samsung looks like this. Got a whole fucking bunch of them. All right, there's 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 the FiOS or whatever, Frontier. There's my Sony, all right? Here's my mouse. Here's my iPad. All of these available, uh, uh, available ways to tune out. But what do we do? And we stay there and we'd be offended and we fucking invent reasons in our head why we should be intended because we don't some of us either we don't have a lot it's lazy for me to say someone should get a fucking life that's not i mean that that's what's well, going on with some people but that's not what's going on here it's not what the reason why there there was a growing mob is because what's being sold and this this one you, you're going to take over okay. what's being sold is that Telling jokes like this promote enough hate that inspires violence, that inspires people to do shit to transgender people. And I don't support that argument because he's been telling jokes about everybody. Yeah. No white person has beaten up a black person because of a black joke. No group of people have beaten up a gay people because of his gay joke. No group of black people see a white guy in Harlem saying, be like, you know what? Man, our rent's going up. We need to whoop his ass. And, you know, and then, the, and then he'll move out and then the rent will go down. So uh, um, you, you don't. It's it's the video game theory. Yeah. It's oh. the video game theory. Totally. This I'm this game's violent. So if this this kid plays a video game, he's going to go up and shoot a school. No, people were shooting up schools before video games. Um, Jap the Japanese have video games. Uh, uh, they're 10 times more violent than ours. Yeah. They're not shooting each other up. They're not they're not beating each other up in the street. They're not they, they don't even know what the hell a hate crime is. 
you yeah. know I, I mean so there's something else going on here but i think that's that's the excuse that that this group of people who never liked him to begin with who it's not their thing who are resentful that everybody else likes this guy for all the reasons that they don't yeah and here we are well, I mean, I, t- I, t- I tend to base everything off mm-hmm. of my own human experience. And, mm-hmm. and then I, because I pay a lot of attention to the people around me and I pay a lot of attention to what goes on inside me. And like I said, when I sat down to watch that, I took the first 10, 15 minutes going, oh, that's really uncomfortable. You had to recalibrate. Cause, yeah, exactly. Because the things that come out of his mouth wouldn't come out of my mouth. But does that mean that I can't sit and listen to it and learn something from it? And I think we've gotten to a point in this country where people aren't willing to listen. They're not willing to go let people go outside of a, their tribe and say something like you were saying that is that, that maybe they're they're 98% like this group that they associate with and then there's 2% of them that says something different. That person these days seems like that person gets cast out because you have to be 100% and I'm I am very leery of anything that is black and white my favorite favorite <laughs> quote from green lights which i will tell everybody to go out and buy matthew mcconaughey's book is the best book of 2020 and probably 2021 too um conservative early liberal late you have to if you are grounded in principles that you learned and you know to be true about yourself and you know how to conduct your own business you are going to be able to deal with the shades of gray and the more liberal later, later, later in life. That's why you can listen to, you should be able to listen to somebody that doesn't think what you think and not be triggered by it. And that's not where we, where we are today. So I don't know how we get back to, I mean, if you went back to the nineties, I don't really remember Eddie Murphy. Remember raw. Remember when raw came out and everyone, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen raw. Because yeah. that wasn't going on in my life. Well, but like, there has to be stuff though. If you look back in comedy, where they, like you said, they're always offending somebody. Well, Raw, Eddie Murphy Raw, and um, I'll educate some people. Eddie Murphy Raw is basically came out in 1989 as in Madison Square Garden or 88. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, what a lot of people. I mean, Eddie Murphy's just a funny guy. So if the layman's like he's up there telling jokes, he's really really funny. It offends some people, this and that. Yeah. But it comes from a self honest place where we are, where we as family members and friends poke fun at each other all the time, right? right? No one gets their feelings hurt. No one, no one, no one's gonna get shot. No one's gonna get beat up for it. And there's no hate crime for it. Yeah. But raw re- really was a, a repair, repair and replace for Delirious. Okay, I remember um, Eddie Murphy Delirious. A, yeah. a lot of people don't. I remember know. when it came out. He, took, he got it. Delirious on short notice. I think John Belushi committed suicide that yeah. year, and I think um, Eddie Murphy was up there and he was walking back and forth and he made gay jokes he said he's like faggots aren't allowed to lick at my ass while i'm on stage <laughs> you know what i'm saying well, but and and so but what he did in raw was like hey i ticked off a lot of a lot of gay people he said i went to san francisco and i got stopped by the police and he did it in such a humorous way that the audience members who are gay the audience members that have gay friends as far as uh uh like like um personality wise like mm-hmm. gay uh I'll, I'll just say gay mannerisms yeah yeah just like mm-hmm. you know like we all have a friend stop fucking pretending that 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 like that like certain gay people have the same no uh, uh like the same behavior there there is an, a, a thing that you only see not even a metrosexual behavior. Right. Right, there are metrosexuals that have like female qualities. A lot of people think thought I was gay for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not gay. My husband is, mm-hmm. but but um, his husband is. But we can all relate because we've all had a gay friend or we are gay, and, and you yeah. see someone go like pull over, you know, 
or you know, or, 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 or my volleyball friends. It's like I will eat your tuna, bitch. Mm -hmm. You know, and we. It's a joke. Just roll with it. It's a joke that yeah. we all we we yeah. all can fucking relate to. It's not well, belittling. It's not saying someone's superior uh, or the other person's inferior because of their 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 sexual preference. Right. You know, I'm um, uh, not uh, sexual well, identity. There's also something that I'm thinking because I I'm the one I, I I detoured back to 1990 or whatever to mm -hmm. to today what we're talking about with Chappelle, and if we're also we could we could flip this and say if we're in a society that is wanting to evolve like and understand each other better just getting offended is not going to get us anywhere okay so if we want the jokes to change like one there's got to be a dialogue first two i would hope we're not living in a world where comedy is canceled because how are we going to come up with jokes like if comedy's canceled we can't come back from i this. know and do you're, you're, know you're looking that, for a way to come back our last are the only it's, the only one even holding a line until we find a way to come back from this is comedy yeah the only the our, our last bastion of hope yeah which someone stole my line i said it first i'm whoever you are i'm gonna find you um yeah comedy and music i mean those are our two places where we go on our in the on the darkest day that can help bring us back that changes mm -hmm. our our mind and both of those like you could argue are it, it's it's hard to find like mm -hmm. there are things out there now that that really offend people yeah well you mentioned uh the first few minutes of it being cringeworthy because there's yeah. cer there's a certain language and uses the n-word totally. and this and that but you go in knowing that before dave Chappelle was liked by white people and asian people and gay and straight people he brings a genre we call black comedy and in yeah. black comedy they're going to use the word nigga you, you know, do you know I'm why? I'm not going to use but it. You, but no, but do yeah, you know right. why? Because they have decided that white people don't get to dictate whether they get to use that word or not. They, yeah. they, that word was designed to make, to make them feel oppressed. That word was designed for people who are supposed to be associated with being low lives, no education, now worth, worth three-fifths of a person uh, on a good day. Um, so finally... As time goes by, they find a way to use NIGGA or whatever that in a way that's affectionate. Well, and and uh, what do you think? A room full of white people are going to tell no, black, black people way, whether they could use that word or not? No, in a way, it's taking their power back, which go for it. Like, yeah. that's taking control of something. But that, that's the point I was trying to yeah, make. If, absolutely. If they yeah. want that word, if they want people want that word to be buried. Black people are going to have to do that. Yeah. They're going to have to do that on their own. You yeah. know, because Colin Powell, he doesn't like the word. Colin's like, you know, it's like, is that is that the best we can do? You know, yeah. as a people. Which is so, a fair so assessment. That's, and that's, yeah. that's a fair point, too, because yeah. we, we, ha we have to address both ends. Yeah. You know, because there are people that are like, that's that's it? That's all you think of yourself? Right. You know, and this and that. So, um, I don't but know. But if you associate my N-word with my bro, um, I don't. Like if someone's my bro, I don't look at him and say that's the best I could do. That's what I. That's how I associate him. So, so it's 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 a subject that, look, white people and black people and everyone can identify, but as far as fixing it and making those adjustments and this and that, that has that is a a cultural thing that belongs to them, not to Asian Americans, not to um, Latinos. Even though where I grew up, like the way I grew up in Brooklyn, if you're Puerto Rican, you're, you're considered black. Yeah. You know, um, me, as you know, I'm biracial. My mom's yeah. black. My father's white. Um, most of my life, I identify with being black. In fact, I only saw like, I think I only saw like five white people my, my yeah. whole life until like 10 years old. <laughs> you know, 
Well, the two things that I'm are coming to mind for me, I don't know what it is with twos today, but the, like, um, I don't want to live in a country where everybody is the same. And I don't want to live in a country where everybody, where, where I have to, where I can only belong to one group. Hmm. Like, those are the two things. Like, that is, America is ne- n- nobody. We were not founded on the principle that everybody's going to be the same. You know, no, it's like, actually exclusively not, written that it, we should celebrate our differences. Right. Oh, it's all yeah. written in a constitution that yeah. we should celebrate our differences. Exactly. Yeah. So life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is not everybody's going to be the same and think the same things mm-hmm. and we're all going to sit around and kumbaya. That is not America. Mm-hmm. Like we're here to learn from each other. We're here to listen to each other. We're here to be changed by another right. person while being grounded in our own purpose, path, principles, all the things that we know to be true about ourselves. Yeah. And then as you, you evolve from there, because you can listen to other people and not be triggered. Right. Well, I um, put Chappelle, um, Joe Rogan, um, who's, there are levels of comedy. Chappelle's a much better comedian. Joe, Joe for some reason, his voice and influence is is bigger than Chappelle Beak only because he's tell he tells the truth. He doesn't have it's weird because people say when you tell the truth and when you're saying something you have an agenda. And I guess he, Joe has an uh, it's weird saying someone doesn't have an agenda. He, Joe has an agenda. It just comes from uh, um when you hear the word agenda you think it com- it represents a group of people, but mm-hmm. Joe has a solo agenda just to let his you know to raise the questions. This, this Joe yeah. the reason why he look I have my podcast because because he started talking about stuff I want to talk about yeah. that I think that I think on some ways I can relate to a little a little bit better because I'm because he's he's in his comedy circle but yeah. I'm out there I'm out I'm in yeah. and out more than Kevin Klein so so before I get to Joe I want to say something about the term I use woke mob right because mm-hmm. um someone on my post said you shouldn't use you know you're talking about straw man fallacies but you use the word woke mob and I'm like I'm like but. Everything I just said on that whole long diatribe, the only thing you got out of it was woke mob. That's an example mm-hmm. of a straw person fallacy too, bro. Mm-hmm. So I would like to take this time to apologize to absolutely no one, okay? Uh, when Ice Cube uses the term bitches, he's not calling women bitches. He's calling bitches bitches. All right. When I'm using the term woke mob, I'm not using the the, the uh, I'm not calling everybody who's age 18 to 25 who just graduated college and has been has been enlightened. The woke mob. I'm calling the woke mob the woke mob. Stop. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you come on. Stop. I mean, for look, I'll give you an example. Uh, um, I had someone and I, and I don't want to mention her name. Um, that said she doesn't like Rogan because he had the Grand Wizard from the KKK on this podcast. So when she said that, she caught me by surprise because I thought I knew everything. And I knew there was someone with that name. And I said, look, I said, Joe is not the type of person that just to have people on the show that he agrees with. And she's like, yeah, but that's not the kind of person I would, I would, I would on a platform. And I'm like, and I, I say for you, that's cool. And for me, I think that would attract, that would generate views. Someone who's not someone who's not a racist having some the Grand Wizard from the KKK on his podcast. So there are certain people like we, but but listen, yeah. Before we get to that, because that's a whole different different subject matter. Yeah. After doing my own research, because I I never even heard of him remotely having someone on it. Turns out the guy he had on the on the podcast was called the Grand Wizard. All right, the Grand Wizard is a rapper. He's a hip hop artist and an artist, and he's African American. And he, they were talking about the KKK. 
So she already came into this discussion with a predetermined uh, uh, pattern, a uh, thought pattern yeah. in her head of why she doesn't like someone based on information that doesn't exist. Yeah. That doesn't exist. But you got to take time to do research. And if you're biased, there, you don't want to read certain things. You don't want to even open your eyes mm-hmm. to certain realities. Mm-hmm. And that's where how you get down that But road. that's how woke yeah. moms are created. Yeah. This is the whole, the whole reason why the I see word. someone spinning off on all these stories or whatever, bringing it back. That person yeah. is, 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 that's how wars are started. <laughs> I don't know where the word woke. Like, it's a social false flag operation. Exactly. I don't understand it. To me, it is the opposite. Having your mind made up and and there being one way, that is not woke. No. <laughs> being able to listen to opposing points of view and come mm-hmm. up with your own, mm-hmm. that to me, that's how you get to enlightenment. Yep. It's not deciding I'm digging my heels in here and I'm going to think this and I'm taking this agenda to the world and I'm not listening to anybody else except yeah. for the people who agree with me. Yeah. Now, when I say woke, I don't mean millennial. Okay, yeah. let's not let's not get it twisted. I yeah. a lot of people are like, oh, millennials, oh, you're soft as cotton. This. Let me tell you something. I love millennials. Without without millennials, there wouldn't have been an information age. Without millennials, I'd be standing on line at Starbucks instead of mobile ordering and skipping the line <laughs> like I'm a fucking G. Okay. <laughs> without millennials, we wouldn't know about people being bullied and how certain certain people. You know, the way I grew up, if you got bullied, you had to man up. But some people, they just might kill themselves. Uh, without millennials, yeah. but without millennials. That 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 awareness, that That's mindful awareness, and yeah. the person I'm talking about, I don't even think is woke mob that I just no. told you about. Yeah, she is a classic millennial, but is quick to defend the woke mob because maybe she associates the two of those together. Yeah, and if I and if she's listening to this and she knows who she is and she has a problem, come on the podcast, yeah. call me out, I'll yeah. fucking apologize. Yeah. Um, but to the woke mob, I will I'll say it again. I will take this time to apologize to absolutely no one. Now, as to the question of why, why am I hung up on Chappelle? What's he to you? Why are you defending him like he's your brother? What's Joe Rogan? Oh, my God. Every time someone says something about Joe Rogan, you come to his rescue. Here's, here's, here's why. And this is inspired. This is steering to where you, uh, you and I, we have. This is the first time we came with something we wanted to yeah, talk about. So we got some, some shit to cover. The reason why I'm quick to defend these people is because I can relate to them in yeah. three major ways. One... We are thinking, many of us are thinking what they're saying in our heart of hearts. And someone, sometimes when you say it, you find something relatable, you could agree or disagree, but and even if you disagree, you're having a conversation. That's one. Two, um, I've kind of reached made man status for what I, what I want to do in my sport, uh, um, in my wheelhouse, commentating in this and that and podcasting. Uh, I've reached a made man status like Chappelle and Rogan where... You can't cancel us because we don't need your validation. I'll say that again. You can't cancel someone that doesn't need your validation. That's like someone telling me I'm disinvited to a party that I never in my, even on my worst day, was going to go to in the first place. Fuck off. And three, everybody loved me. Hold on to your seat for this one. You can, you hold Go to Wendy. Got it. All right. You holding on to the seat? Got it. Or the, 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 the whatever? <laughs> All right. Get ready to get offended wherever you are. This is the third thing. Everybody loved me 
till I started fucking murking Democrats. I was the immortal beloved, the social justice warrior. I love what you're posting. And it was all fun and games, teasing these Republican space rangers and this and that, until I said, you know what? Trump's got a point. We got to get, get the hell out of these regime changing wars. Or Hillary was is the most probably the most intelligent candidate, but the least trustworthy. It started, really it started in 2012 with Obama and Romney, but it started there because Obama was my guy. But okay. then when he got reelected, I had some problems. I don't, you know, well, we, we tortured some folks. I'm like, it's not that fucking simple, dude. Yeah. So um, look at the pattern. Chappelle, teasing white people. That's okay. Teasing uh, the the um, uh, uh, rich people. That's okay. Teaching the uh, 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 the the corporate structure. This is what he talked about because mm -hmm. he said all this is designed by like like oh. a, a powerful entity that wasn't right. that doesn't want to see me whatever. So all of those things are okay. But when when he says something like, "Hey, a trans transgender person could be racist too," you know, yeah. <gasps> what? Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. In his experience and in my experience, uh, um, because people are hung up on this identity thing, I don't know if it's a defense mechanism, but they're the most judgmental fucking people I ever met in my life. So, you know what I'm saying? And do they have every right to be? Maybe in their life experience, yeah. You got some. You got to understand people. Totally. You got to call, but you got to call it what it is. You got to call it the way you see it. And then the why comes. Maybe the why comes later. Maybe the why never comes, Wendy. But why do I come to those people's aids? Because I can relate to them on those three major ways. We we I'm here to raise the question and we're all yeah. we're all and we're all thinking it. So let's just fucking yeah. put it out there. Let's just put it out on this table. I mean to the point that there is clearly one side that is I told you this story and I was I hesitated to go here. But I put I put links up on my Instagram stories all the time because I love to read. I yeah. read articles from all kinds of different news sites. Mm -hmm. Yes, I NPR, Wall Street Journal, um, political, you know, Politico, yeah. The Atlantic, um, and some yeah. like more conservative newspapers. That I can't even remember the um, Epic Times. I think is what it was. Yeah. So a bunch of smart people there. Totally. I mean, okay. they go a lot of yeah. far. So I mean, this is propaganda this... gets a bad rap as a word, but sorry. Go yeah. Ahead. So this is where the other day I'm trying to put up a story about Morgan Freeman. And saying some really smart things about, um, you know, he was opposing defending the police, but what else beyond that can we do about um, police brutality and, uh, you know, racism and, and where we are in that conversation today? And Morgan Freeman has risen, again, risen to the level that he is for a reason. He didn't just wake up famous, okay? He's got a great perspective. He's saying some really smart things. He's acknowledging that he gets treated differently because he is a celebrity. So there's a humility. There's a privilege that comes uh, with yes, that. Yeah. And there was a humility to the way he was talking. And it struck me. Tried to put it up on my Instagram story. Sorry, you can't post this link. That was my first. I am not a conspiracy theorist. Right. Okay. I don't want to believe in this stuff. But when I, I post links, I, I share my blog. I post Wall Street Journal stories every other, all the time. Could not share the link. Tried a couple times. No excuse. No, maybe try back later. Nothing. No, you can't do it. What's going on? Why is that happening? That's not America. And we cannot have big companies telling you what you can and can't say when that's the medium out there today. It frustrates me. I am, 
I would rather go around this world making one-on-one conversation with people like you or any the, the guy I meet at Starbucks. I do that every day. I yeah. look in people's eyes. I want to hear their story. If nobody else, that's what makes my day. Dude, yeah. Shoot. That's that a, stuff, Starbucks is my guest list. Right? <laughs> that's where you get, that's what's still going on in America. Yeah. I have to believe it. I have to believe there's a parallel universe yeah. that is happening. But it's people like that but, that make you believe it. Yes. Sorry, it happens to me all the time. Mm-hmm. But that was my first time that I'm like, it's really happening. I hear all this stuff, you know, like the big high level stories. But when it happens to you and you go, why can't I say what I want to say? Why can't I share with people something smart? I'm smart. This is a well-intentioned article. I want to share it. No, that does not sit right with me. No, it doesn't sit right with you because um, I think people have to establish as a foundation what what is free speech and where free speech is allowed. And I will say this. Freedom, yeah. freedom isn't free, right? Absolutely. Um, you served. Um, I mean, no, for, I mean... No, but freedom, you can't tell your boss to fuck off, all right? Uh, Not without a consequence. Yeah, yeah there it is. <laughs> so, so we're talking about freedom of speech or freedom after the speech, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> As they say in the 80s, right? Yeah. For you to come, you know, communist Russia and all that stuff. Yeah. But I will remind everybody, free, free speech, just, just like we talk about the Second Amendment and this and that, free speech is only there, is designed to protect you from government. Uh, um, state and federal government prosecution. Free speech doesn't protect you from other free speech. Free speech mm-hmm. doesn't protect you from posting on a social network site that is owned by a private company. You know, if it's yeah. if there's public funding and this and that, where the government's allowed to say people can say whatever they want, yeah. uh, or if the or if it's the government themselves that are limiting free speech, right. then that's an argument we we can have. Mm-hmm. If there's an association between Facebook or some of these social networks where the government controls or the government mandates, or there's some kind of some kind of internet FCC um, where they're limiting your free speech, then that's a problem. That's a huge, huge, huge problem. That's then that was the that's the only the only um, way. Uh, um, that I can see where that's a problem, but other than other than that, you know, look, let's just call it what it is. Big tech is big tech is Democrat, yeah, right. So yeah. you you got you got to know if they say something that's even mildly disagreeable. If there's a way someone can disagree, they'll post something on the bottom or, or they'll try to remove the link altogether. So um, and there's um, they can't help that you know intelligent people, yeah. intelligent people are 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 navigated by bias, yeah, you know. My, Kelly, who's like the biggest, she bleeds blue as far as Democrat or whatever. Mm-hmm. There, I, we, I try to have conversations uh, with, mm-hmm. with her, but I, I already know if I'm going to have this conversation that she's already prepared to defend the stance or right. or a, apply so, a stance like a, a, that a, that that favors the party, party that, that she leans yeah. to. So, yeah. so, Which I guess what I'm trying to say that. is, when you post something, you have to know it's you're 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 trying to do something that's politically neutral in a hornet's nest of people who lean too far and that's that's your complaint and like have people gone too your question is have people gone too far one way right because i would uh, i would welcome the conversation that came from someone who read the same article i did that thought differently i think that's that's where i always want to land i don't need people just to like me because they agree with me no i don't even need you to like me no but i mean i want to be able to say on whatever platform, because I know my intention's good. Even yeah. if you don't agree with me, I'm not out to hurt anybody. No, that's and not. And the not. vast majority of people are that way. 
But if we, we are so thin skinned that we can't, that's just not, that's, I said, I'm, we're, we've both dated ourselves at some point in this podcast. That's not the America I grew up in. That's mm. not what my kid dinner table. My dad was in politics my whole life. Mm-hmm. We, we had our, we had deep conversations about, you know, Soviet Union and what was going on Reagan and Tip O'Neill and what was going on in Sacramento. We used to talk about, and he had friends that were on the other side of the aisle. And I know, and that's antiquated today. And why is that? It's in large part, it's because of the 24 hour news cycle and it's because of social media. So if those things are starting to go one way and push people down a certain road, that scares me. It scares me too. It scares me because there, I think with the 24 news hour news cycle, yeah. the way for them to, they're not just trying to survive. They're trying to thrive. They're, 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 totally. they're trying to become too and big. To, they're cells. trying to become too, too big to fail. And All com- right? commentary cells. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Wow. Good. But, um, I think either there was a fake it till we make it thing. They, they had a small collective of voices. Mm hmm that made it look bigger than it really is true and some this is my theory yeah this is where no, my this is where my head goes down a yeah, rabbit hole i think, it's I, think I think they had a small collective of voices that were so strong and they have a platform you know a national platform to do it albeit cable news they have a strong platform to do it that it makes everyone watching think that everyone's thinking that way yeah so you have like maybe 50 voices making making them sound like three million yeah and i think that there was a fake it till we make it and now it might that might be already too late there are millions of followers on cnn there are millions of followers on fox news there are still some somehow some way still followers on msnbc Uh, um i don't even think between fox and msnbc they don't even try anymore yeah but but um there was a fake it till we make it thing, and and the question is, how do you how do you stop an army like that? Yeah. Well, you, you got you got people, like you got comedians now. Yep. You got comedians like Joe Rogan and Chappelle and Russell Brand. You have you uh, Bill Maher is on HBO for Christ's sake. Comedians are allowed to to speak real truth with less consequence because they don't lose their political office because they're, they're right. not in a position of power. Yeah. Um, the reason why Joe, CNN came after Joe Rogan is because Joe Rogan has a bigger following than they do. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, even though Joe is strongly advised to get, advised against this, they're going, they're going when they want a, a, an honest take on a, on a political or a social issue, they're not going to Don Lemon anymore. They're not going to Chris Cuomo anymore. They're not going to Tucker Carlson or if they ever yeah. did. Um, Tucker Carlson, actually Fox already said, don't listen to that guy. Fox, that, that, you know, he doesn't reflect or whatever. They're basically saying, don't listen. He's not one of us, but but we'll take his money. Um, you're, that's what's yeah. going on with Tucker Carlson and, and um, who's the other guy with the, with the, with the, God, I've stopped the political hair. He so comes after him. Um, um, Hannity? Yes. Hannity is all about that hair, man. I, you know, hold on. I gotta, dude. I gotta put a picture up a hand. Dude, oh, do you believe man. in Hannity hair? <laughs> hold on. We gotta, we gotta do that. Come on, we gotta have a little fun here. Just kidding. Oh, you're the optimist, gentleman. We gotta have a little, a little bit of optimism, a little bit of fun. I just want to get a picture. Now, 
So look at that. That. Yep. is what you call a head of hair. That's that is some run for office type yeah. stuff right there. That is Sean Hannity. Well, I don't <laughs> hardly watch any network news. No. I mean, or not network mm-hmm. cable news anymore. Yeah. I, or or network news. Yeah. I really don't. Like it has to be a big day with something going on where I'm going to flip that on on purpose. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to podcasts, I'm going to have conversations, I'm going to read the paper. I have I'm now speaking of communities i'm in a community where people send me articles mm-hmm. and i'll and i what i love about that is when i look at it i'm walking the exact road that what i'm talking about right now people from every side are sending me articles i read stuff from both perspectives and everywhere in between every day but that's our that's the that's secret that's what's so awesome but and that, it's wendy that's the secret yeah the there the army the wendy jones army has always been bigger they just they're just gaslighting the believing that they're not they're not as big as they think yeah. they are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, from a political pr- perspective, yeah. the majority of registered independents are still the are still. Yeah. No, sorry. The registered independents are still the majority of the country. Mm-hmm. Last time I checked, it was forty one percent. Somebody wow. somebody wants really? to self correct me and say thirty nine okay. five. Have at it. It's still it's still yeah registered uh, registered independent or no party preference. Yeah, some guy just told me the other or day. Not goes, Democrat or Republican. I, I'm a I'm a registered independent, so I can beat up on both of them equally. I'm like absolutely at this day and age, it's totally. And ask him what he ask him what he's won. A Chappelle fan. Yeah. Someone who yeah. who who J, Dave Chappelle that you said in the beginning of this, and if you didn't, it wasn't anyone can get it. Anyone could get it. It was equal opportunity bashing yes. across the board. Anybody could get it. Anybody could feel offended. And that's the America you grew yeah. up in. And look, we grew up in two very different Americas, but I, I can speak from my America yeah. I grew up in too. I mean, that that's it. That's but, always what's been beautiful about America. Yeah. I'm sorry. like, And that's yeah. where the patriot mean comes out. And that's where that doesn't mean that I agree with everything that's ever gone on in American no. history. No, and, like, and, and but and that's far- what that woke mentality makes you think. Like you can't love this country because we did X, Y, and Z. And yes, a lot of it comes down to slavery. Right. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you can go all the way back. I'm reading the, uh, a book with my son right now, um, "The Life of a Slave." Mm-hmm. It's a firsthand account. It, it gives you chills. Like we're still immersed in learning, mm-hmm. but learning. I made this point in my blog a couple weeks ago. I heard it on another podcast um, from Ryan Holiday. And he was talking about the difference between being responsible and accountable. We're responsible to know our history, but we're not accountable for it. I didn't make the decisions that George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and white men 300 years ago made. Am I responsible to know what went on as, as an American? Absolutely. Am I accountable for it? Can I can I be worlds different than them and still be a patriotic American? Absolutely. Right. Simple. But they don't let you do that anymore. That's not what that that mentality is. Well, I, I also think it comes from, um, I mean, there was an age of, of accountability where people, if they made mistakes, they owned up, they stood Absolutely. tall, and they dealt with consequences. But the problem is, uh, the, the the as far as punishment fitting the crime, Yeah. And we might get into Gruden later, right? Yeah. Um, as far as punishment fit in the crime, if it's the same punishment for every crime, no one's going to say sorry anymore. They're just, True. I mean, if you're up for a double murder, right? Um, and they're not offering you any deal, <laughs> right? If it's just murder one, you're going to go to trial. Yeah. You're going to waste every the court's pay, uh, the taxpayer's time, the court, the judge. Yeah. Uh, um cuz maybe you might find that one gullible juror that that lets you off because the only the You're only the penal, the only yeah. penalty is death. You know, and 
the problem, the reason why these comedians are housing these 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 political networks is because comedians will apologize if they feel like they're mm-hmm. wrong. Some are unapologetic and some double down because they meant what they said. But I'll give you an example. We're, we're on Joe Rogan, um, and mm-hmm. I meant to talk about this a couple of weeks ago, or a month ago. Um, CNN basically said because he was he got COVID. Joe got COVID, right? And he was taking a drug called ivermectin, and CNN cited that ivermectin is used for horses. It's a medication they use for horses. Now their wording was very careful. They didn't they didn't say outright that Joe was taking horse pills. But if you just say ivermectin is used for horses, the public listening to you is going to think that you're saying right. he's, taking he's taking horse pills. He's taking veterinary medicine. Yes. yes. Yeah. And he was, Jody usually doesn't get moved by that stuff, but mm-hmm. he, there were like two episodes he talked about. It, it bothered him. And Sanjay yeah. Gupta is on yes, the show. He's I like, he's like, this really seems to bother you. And Joe's like, doesn't it bother you? You're, you're, you're supposed to be the, the, the MD guy on this thing. Yeah. You know, um, they didn't even apologize. Cause after that episode was over with Joe, Joe had Gupta on the show for three hours. Um, they basically had to rinse and repair for Gupta and Gupta had to go along because that's the, you know, he's getting stipends, right. he's getting money from them. Totally. And they're like, by the way, we never said that. We just said that, that it's, it's also used for horses. And I'm just like, yeah. why don't you just say I'm sorry? Right. Why don't you just say I'm sorry? It's very bullying. It is. Yeah. He got, because for, for the big. people listening, for the people who just part of the woke, woke mob who just read an article and said, uh, um, that he's that that oh this guy's against COVID he's anti-vax and this and that no he got a prescription from his doctor ivermectin is used for human beings okay ivermectin is not it's not in the category of also used for human beings primarily for horses it's used mm-hmm. primarily for human beings it won the Nobel Peace Prize it won the Nobel Prize okay uh, uh for for treating um other things not COVID but certain things certain things that COVID might lead to symptoms because COVID right you there's no cure for the disease no you either get vaccinated or if you get it you you get treated uh, uh for the symptoms so you don't die <laughs> and the symptoms are different in everybody yes so this, talk well, about a catch-22 dude <laughs> right I mean and so the, the question remember, remember Chappelle said yeah. I, didn't, I didn't feel shit dude <laughs> I knew he I knew where he was going yeah. with that. I was like yeah beating up some Chinese yeah. people that's what he said <laughs> I know and it's I think his wife is Asian. I don't know if she's Chinese, but really? she, yeah, his wife's oh, Asian. I mean, no, that was really funny. So, that you, was really you'll, funny. You'll hear him make yeah. a lot of jokes about Asians too, yeah. but his wife's well, Asian and, and it's it playful. Yeah. Um, but he's like, Joe, basically my favorite line is, you know, I can afford the human medication, motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, he's got... Well, know. and that's where yeah. that was... That, I don't know a whole lot about where this ivermectin is yeah. stuck in the track and where who gets it and who doesn't and where it's used. Right. But the first question that comes to my mind is if it works for him, why are we not why is it why is it like only why why does he have access to it now? Would you like though? my conspiracy theory? I would love on that? to know. Um at the time, um the, the, the vaccine was deemed by the FDA only for emergency use. It wasn't FDA approved. Recently, it's FDA approved. Um, so far, Pfizer <laughs> riddled me that one. It's the only one that's FDA approved. And every, um, uh, Moderna and Johnson & Johnson are and the other ones are, are authorized emergency for emergency use. use. So if you have drugs like ivermectin, that is not a cure for COVID. And, and right. I, re- I reiterate yeah, yeah. when I say yeah. that, okay? I've I, I worked in a medical field. I'm not a doctor, but I know I know the difference between a cure and a treatment, okay? God, God cured you. I treated you. Um, if there's something out there that helps you treat it, then there's no legal justification for emergency use. That's what I'm, that's the link I'm getting to. 
when I get to the, when I read these stories, if there's mm-hmm. anything that I do not trust, it is the connection between huge corporate, co- huge corporations and government and how that filters out to the people. And that to me is not a Republican or a Democratic issue. That is a power issue. That is the connection between K Street and Washington, D.C. Right. That is big pharma and the government against every person in this country. Yeah. And I don't like that. Yeah. And since we're on this subject, can we talk about different categories of that? Yeah. Right. The, yeah. The woke mob has has created a culture where you're if you're if you don't want the, the vaccine, you're anti-vax, which is absolutely ridiculous. Totally. All right. Th- those anti-vax people have gotten shots uh, for the measles, mumps, uh, polio. They've been vaccinated as kids. They, they occasionally they, a lot of those people get the flu shot during flu season. Mm-hmm. There are different categories. There are people somewhere between. This side where everyone thinks the vaccine is perfect and there are only six cases except for you are one of those six. Good for you. Good luck with good luck to you. Right. You're just collateral damage. Right. And all the way on the other side. Oh, my God. They're, they're injecting a chip. It's going to have fucking aliens track me down or some shit. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm being facetious here, but but um, somewhere in the middle are all these categories. There's totally. the black community has every reason not to trust the government. They can't, they can't even trust the government to police. Yeah. OK. Uh, um. Then you have someone that was going to get the vaccine, but they heard a fucking horror story about it. And they're like, you know, I think I want to hold off on this. All right. And then there's a group of people who already got COVID who CDC, their own research says already has strong antibodies that don't need the vaccine. Yeah. And, and the vaccine people are like, you should get it anyway, because the vaccine is only going to make you stronger. So Joe made a joke. So basically, he says, so what you're saying is everyone should get COVID first and then get the vaccine. So now that's a news article. Now it's so now his now his uh, now it's out in the news. Joe saying everyone should everyone just should go get COVID, it and then yeah. get the vaccine. He was which again people he wasn't tongue in that. cheek like yeah. like but that, breathe. but it's he, funny. he said that yeah. the joke came from an argument saying I want you to admit to me. He got Sanjay Gupta to admit CNN's fucking rock star. That. He got him to admit that if you already have the virus, you have strong you you already have stronger stronger immunity. You have less of a chance of getting the virus if you already had covid than than if you had the than if you had the the vaccine. Hmm. Also we they were talking about uh they made them admit that vaccines for children under the age of 14 or 16, I don't mm-hmm. know the number. Um there were more cases of myocarditis than yeah. than than there were cases then there were actual cases of kids under that age who were symptomatic because because yeah. you can't you can't diagnose right. the asymptomatic no one's yeah. no one's coming to get treated if you're asymptomatic right. so so there are more cases of myocarditis than actual kids that actually had the flu so right. so i mean not the flu the the the, the virus yeah. so there there so when you have a discussion like that uh that's honest with a medical professional and with a guy who's who's did enough research not to draw his own conclusions on his own, but to ask questions and to draw conclusions with the information given to him. Leave those fucking people alone. Yeah. Leave those fucking people alone. Yeah. Excuse the shit out of them. Look, I'm not I'm speaking. I got vaxxed. Me too. I'm a volleyball coach. I'm a juniors coach. Yeah. That's requirement. I'm strong. I'm healthy. I I, I read the risk of DNA. Yep. You know DNA yep. versus RNA and all that stuff. And so I'm a category. Well, we're a category of people right. that got vaxxed, but we did it for our own reasons. Totally. All right. Yeah. So you have a kid that's autistic. That kid should not get. I, I, I don't know. Not. 
He's not. And it's been an issue. You have four kids, I don't usually right? talk. Yeah, I don't talk about... But I will. No, we'll leave family out of this Well, thing. no, but it, 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 the, the overarching structure of society making you feel like you're mm-hmm. not doing your... Kids. Making kids feel outcast or like they are less caring about their society mm-hmm. because for whatever reason in their family or in their nervous system or in their DNA, that parent doesn't want to vaccinate that kid. And then that kid has to walk around feeling like, well, I'm not doing my part. What are we creating? That's like ridiculous. it's a social stigma. It's like, I don't fit in. It's, it's creating a group that does not need to be there. Yeah. Like that is, I mean, that is just a, a middle school's rough enough. Like, right. what are we talking about? Yeah. It's crazy. I am. Um... All right, so I just totally lost my train of thought, but as far as, sorry, go ahead. Um, no, I was thinking, where was I going with, uh, oh, Ali, you made me lose my No, I just, yeah. we just want to leave family out um, there. And we yeah, had to, I know. We had and to, like, I, I do, like, I'm careful with that, but. but kind of like hit no, the reset. It, it, oh, no, what I was going to say was that there's a reason why. Even though doctors are professionals and they know more of their, their, their medical field and, yeah. and, and, and infectious disease or whatever um, fall within certain wheelhouses of said professionals, yeah. there's a reason why the decision's ultimately left up to the patient. Yes. So there's a reason why. Because, and you're going to love this, and this is for the camera, I love science. I trust science. I don't always trust the scientist. All right? Science. Uh, um, certain things that get found out later, I refer to as science not yet understood. And then, and then mm-hmm. as the facts change, so do medical opinions. I don't believe in the term medical certainty. Uh, um, there was an episode of, Ray, Ray, of Frank Oz, uh, was this lawyer, he says, um, he says, I always loved the term medical certainty. He says, I had a cousin. He only had six months to live. <laughs> he said, that was 10 years ago. And he still beats me at tennis. <laughs> so, um, how about a public figure? Uh, um, Alex Smith mm-hmm. got a leg injury. Was out of the NFL, and I think there were two, two of his doctors said that he had to get his leg amputated. Oh, I never knew that story. He went back for a second opinion okay. somewhere else, and yeah. some doctor said, "Let's ride the antibiotics. Let's not give it the chop." Yeah. They saved his leg. He wound up back in the NFL at least for five games, and it was a great it was a great comeback story, big oh, roar uh, for the Washington mi- for the Washington football team. Oh, okay. Yeah, because Alex Smith was with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, before, I remember um, that. Yeah. I remember well, he's that. the one that always gets kicked out. Like he was right. with the Niners, and then Kaepernick he, replaced him. He's yeah. with the Chiefs, and then Mahomes replaced him. He's yeah. always like, I don't know if Heineke's the next uh, the, uh, he deal with that, but yeah. But look, think about it. If he listened to a demographic of people. That said, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. That's a professional. This is this man spent his life studying that. You have to listen to him. Chop your leg off. Yeah. Well, and that's where I will go when you come to this the argument with COVID that people who know their own bodies well mm-hmm. also deserve to be trusted. Okay. Now I get the 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 blanket. Watch out for your neighbor. And I am not saying I'm against that. No. But if you notice the people in the news that are catching flack, I mean, from the NBA, you know, there's a bunch of NBA players that don't want to get the, the vaccine. There's a whole bunch of news on that. Kyrie's the loudest Pe- one, but yeah. Yeah, but um, there, you're talking about people who have spent a great amount of time getting to know their bodies, taking really good care of their bodies. And you cannot say that there has been enough talk in all of this 
negative, heavy year and a half, two years we've been dealing with, nobody's talking about getting good sleep, drinking your water, eating your vegetables, taking care of yourself. And athletes know that. Athletes know their bodies so well. Mm-hmm. And why, why, when we've been signing HIPAA agreements for the last 20 whatever years, mm-hmm. when we go into the doctor, is it everyone's right to walk around and judge you for whether you've been, you know, now we're in this... It's a scary place to be in in America. Yeah, well, this I, is very, very difficult in a free society. And mm-hmm. to not acknowledge that, is, it's, it's short-sighted. It is. I, well, I'd like to say for the record that the NBA has a mandate. And if you're not down, you're not with a mandate, then you don't play. And I think right. the, I yeah. think the NBA is justified with that. Yeah, and I'm I not. Think, exactly. And I think the NBA is doing what they got to do. Yeah, like all our players have to be vaccinated, and Kyrie Irving is yeah. doing what he has to do. There were other players, but Kyrie Irving is 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 making the news one because he's he's what he's you call huge. a superstar. Yeah, right. Um, two, he has generational wealth. He can wait this out as long as he wants. He can, he can give True. a shit about that. And three, and this is the funny part, he's always. His screws have always been screwed in a little bit differently totally. than everybody else. This man still believes the earth is flat. Huh. All right? He's a flat earther. Um, I so, did not know that. So, I learned something um, about all the time. And it's weird because I don't know if he keeps saying that in jest or if he's just like, whatever, and this and that. But I'm well, like, some, I mean, I'm, like, I'm like, damn, no wonder, no wonder he only went to Duke for one year, man. They're is like, it, man, you need to go to the NBA and get the hell yeah, out of here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so there... He's he's in the spotlight because of that. For sure. You know? Uh for a lot of NBA players that didn't want the vaccine that got it, they're working on generational wealth. And even even look, the the minimum hiring range for whatever I think is nine hundred thousand a year or something like that. So but those people got big money, big problems. So yeah. this look, this LeBron James, those are guys, they're guys who play that you, you, you want to sue them, they're like, ah, oh, give them the money. You know, but well, they're, they're, they have, the rest of the NBA is not like that. The, the rest of the NBA is getting paid, but they have, they have to, no work, no check. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins decided to play because he said he was working on generational wealth for his family. Mm-hmm. And he's willing to do this for his family, so. Well, and there's the flip side. Like, mm-hmm. when I decided that I would go get it, I'm like, there's the flip side of saying, you know what, I am, I'm healthy. I'm, take good mm-hmm. care of myself. This if I can do this to help the general population, great. Like, this, I don't believe you're going to put something in me and it's going to, like, jack me up. I didn't believe that. Right. Like, I'm like, okay, fine, I'll do it. I don't like the underlying judgment that comes with it and the right. ability that people think that they have to ask you about your medical stance well, on things. for me, the frustration comes if these, if, and this is recent news, if people knew that this came from a lab, we wouldn't need an RNA. We wouldn't need a synthetic. If it came from a lab, we can have antibodies from uh, or some kind of scientific, some, some kind of science that supports a vaccine that's more effective. That's not that's not a synthetic. Yeah, we could we could have done this. That we could have vaccinated the world the right way. That makes people who are who are uh, are, are um who have caused a pause about putting something artificial in mm-hmm. your body. Mm-hmm. There would be more vaccines. Because, again, yeah. I talked to my significant other. She's That's... like, dude, vaccines are a good thing, okay? Polio, yeah. oh, sure. polio, you know, vaccines sure. saved lives. Oh. And, I, and, and I said, dude, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. But polio was something that, that was not an RNA. Right. Polio was, wasn't something that, I forgot the word Gupta used to, de- to describe this. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, it was a very eloquent term. It was, but it was, it's, 
uh, I guess, code for new territory. Okay. We're a new territory. Yeah. We're still trying to understand this and we're right. still trying to evolve and the science, you know, is going to be wrong and this and that. And I mean, why do you think there's a mistrust? Because of the connection to power. Yeah. Look, it's a mistrust because. All right. I'll use Fauci as an example, just as one guy, because he's he's supposed to be heading this whole thing. Right. right? Fauci went from you don't need to wear a mask. That's ridiculous. Don't worry. To you need to wear a mask to we need to shut down to we need to fast track a vaccine to let's get the vaccine and to all the way to if you get the vaccine you don't need to wear a mask and then after you get the vaccine not only do you have to wear a mask you should wear two masks you should wear three masks right right? um and then (laughs) all the way to saying now you need a booster and if you are if you're an alien that landed on this planet and just decided to, to live in new york city or la or whatever you're gonna you will say to yourself these people don't know what the fuck they're doing yeah which, who are you going to trust? That is the worst form of leadership ever. And that's the problem. When people make rules that don't make sense, no one wants to follow them. And right now, <laughs> someone listening to this is, is calling us a couple of anti-vax people. Totally. Two people who are two people who are fully I, vaccinated. Uh, two it's people, on my phone. Uh, it's on my phone too. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. So uh, um, I, I'm not going to say it takes an incredible level of bravery to talk about these things because it's not brave for me to talk about it because there's no consequence. No one's going to, well, no, what, what yeah. are they going to do? Not like you. Call, call the volleyball police. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. Pull over. Just like Eddie Murphy said, you have the right to remain silent. You have the right. So, um, do you know who I want to have in this conversation? We still have to do that podcast. Ren. Yeah. Ren. He was just watching it. <laughs> he clicked he? like. I felt it. Ren was watching the live version of this. Okay. He would be amazing in this yeah. in this round robin well first of all i got some making up to do because i told Uh-oh. him i was gonna have him on after the olympics and i didn't have him on i didn't oh, i didn't i didn't reach out to him so so okay. i have well, to i have to go I, I gotta go bow to the queen okay and say your majesty please accept my apologies um please spare okay. me my head you know and yep. if he spares me my head then we'll get to the other okay. and that's coming on the all podcast right. and cool. i think um i think if he does one of these like Mm. I think I might. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One yeah. of the most fun co- yeah, conversations yeah. I ever had. That's the honestly. Me- Ren is. Yeah. That was an epic conversation. All right. For me. So, ladies and gentlemen, I know we're off on our mm-hmm. personal friends thing, but Ren Osborne is a guy. He's um, Caribbean born. He hit the high school scene by force. Uh, he was, uh, Penn State was looking at him at that time in '94, '95. Um, he won nationals of Creole Adult Men's Open and. Um, 95 he had a, or 96 he had a kidney failure and and it cut all of he lost it cut his superpowers like 60 percent which is crazy if because if you've ever seen him playing now even now at his age yeah. his do you see his platform do you see his skill set it is like watching pure love watching this guy play volleyball the right way just you know techni- technically yeah. sound yeah i invite him to my my kids practices um when i was in new york because i was um i went from college to, to, but done with college high school and he come to the practices and i know he's gonna scare the kids by the way he talks you know because because he sees something he doesn't like no like this and he'll start getting coachy mm-hmm. but watching uh, the, watching the kids watch that guy warm just warm up yeah it's pretty it's it's how volleyball's supposed yeah. to be played. Yeah. It's how volleyball's supposed to be played. And then and he's got a brain. They call yeah. him the queen for a reason, not because he's gay. Yeah. But because he's gay and he's good. Yeah. You can't be a queen and not be good. Yeah. 
you know? Yep. You, you're called something different. I don't know, you know, yeah. I mean, that's up to the, the gay community to come up with a term like that, but because I'm, you know, though, well, I'm surrounded by gay people, though my sister's gay, though my aunt's uh, gay, my great aunts and my great aunts are transgender, so it's trans, it's transsexual, um, which is which allows me to speak on some of these subject yeah. matters, you know, to, with to begin intimate with. Intimate experience, so, yeah. Yeah, so I'm not like, I'm a little bigoted, but I'm, uh, like, you know, it's not like, I'm scared or anything or whatever, but, but Ren got to get him on. Yeah. Got to so, get him on. So we were talking about racism. Um, and you talk, you had something on your, uh, on the optimist journal where you're, where you're talking about John Gruden and the things that were going on with him. Take me back to what your original, uh, subject matter was. Cause it's, it's evolved. And I know some, um, yeah, there's, uh, that's the, there's certain news stories. Like when I get up in the morning and I'm just kind of perusing, you know, my, sites or whatever they kind of stick with me and sports will grab me a lot and that morning that the the Gruden resigning story when I when I found it it stuck with me and I was like god I really need I I, I want to dig a little deeper I want to think about this because I was like man what did they find how far back does this go there's so many questions that were going through my head and then when I I read and I read you know a, a, the, the big line, the thing that he said, which I, I'm not even going to say it because I won't say it right. Um, but he said it about the head of the players union. I believe they were in a contract. The African-American guy. He's, yeah. He, I think yeah. he said he, his, his bottom look, looks like a Michelin, a Michelin tire. Okay. I texted a couple people and was like, and a couple men. And I was like, how are you guys feeling about this? Most of them came back, said, yeah, I wouldn't have said that. But this world is getting pretty harsh. Yeah. Like, we're, we're, we're starting to judge, like, in a way that you go, you know, people could go on witch hunts for any reason. We have all said and done something that we don't want anybody to know. You're going to get drowned right? for saying fire at a barbecue. Exactly. Yeah, go ahead. So, um, so I'm just kind of collecting those thoughts. And then I think, okay, I, I'm ex- the, the way that I grew up, nobody around me was talking like that. And like I said, my dad was in a position of leadership. And he would never. And he was the first person to teach me and tell me that you never say anything. One, never say anything about anybody else. Focus on yourself. Because the second you do, that person will be standing right behind you. Yep. And that's that, you know, as a kid, that was really like a fundamental thing that you learn because that sounds scary, right? So there's a little bit of fear tactic to saying that type of thing. But it does put something in you. Like, don't say anything that you don't want anybody to hear. Right? Yeah. But... You got to be, you know, and so then uh, the other things that were coming back to me from these men were, well, Wendy, you have to understand there's a culture. This is sports. This is there's a culture among men that that has always been there. This is how guys talk. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. (laughs) And is it how do you create a society that is evolving and forgiving? Right. Again, nothing's ever black and white because. Do you think John Gruden's a racist? He's been working in the NFL. No. And he left and he chose to come back. You're he not left seeing, a pretty that, He left yeah. a pretty posh. Yeah. And you're not when I'm I I don't know, maybe somebody else can find it, but I've been looking at articles since and and I can't find any players coming out saying I felt is anybody saying like I had this racist like I had this feeling that he did like I can't find a hard story besides these emails which they're not okay. However, the NFL has so many things that have plagued them for so many years about, and yes, they're trying to clean up their act, but domestic violence, like 
treating people, you know, having different rules because we are the elite and we don't get in as much trouble as the guy who would be walking in off the street. There's so many things that have plagued the NFL. And so my point being in my blog was that, yes, you know, when you're in a position of leadership, you need to act as though people are going to follow you. You need to inspire. You don't talk like that. You need to act but that needs like to you be, don't have a private life either. Yeah, well, absolutely. Right? And mean, that's these, why these so many people don't not, want to do that these job. These emails were not public record, right? No. They, they, they got, le- they got right. leaked or something? Yeah, they got, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the NFL, I was reading this morning because they just came to a contract negotiation. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to walk away with a good chunk of money. Yeah. Um, the NFL knew about these emails right. and they didn't come. They knew about them in the summer. They knew and then before they, it got hired. Right. So why in the heck? So there's always you can once you start going down that rabbit hole, there's going to be a million questions you can ask, which is why which they're is why asking I said for, they're going to get Chappelle. Yeah, exactly. They're yeah. going to get Chappelle because on they're something. never going. There's never. But overarchingly, my point in my blog was like, the judgment needs to be the same across the board. I was. I think I wrote about, like, when I listen to certain rap music, I get. Ooh, like it doesn't feel good to me. That is not, I don't like to listen to people talk like that. I don't like excessive bad language, excessive ex- sexual lyrics, like any of that stuff. It makes me cringe. But I sit and I go, okay, well, this is somebody's expression. I don't have to turn it on. Like, and literally I'll be out playing volleyball. And if two or three songs like that come in, come on in a row, I'm like, okay, it's time to change it. I've, I've had enough. Um, but the, the, the playing field needs to be the same. You can't go on a witch hunt after one guy and then use him to say like, oh, we've, we've cleaned up a big problem here. No, if there's a problem, the problem is systemic and cultural and so much more than this one guy. However, he is responsible for what he said. He mm-hmm. is a leader and now he's going to pay the price. I mean, it's, it's not one or the other. It's just, I think that going on these witch hunts and how far back are we going to go? And now that the world is a giant digital record, you're always going to be able to find something about yeah. people that is less than desirable. Does that make us all bad people? Do we think in the end, what mm-hmm. I was trying to get to, is John Gruden a terrible person? No, he's going to have to live with the fact yeah. that this is how his career went down. Ouch. That's a lot to unpack. It's a lot to unpack. Well, first, before we go to Gruden, I want to defend rap for a second. Rap, yeah. the difference between rap and a lot of the other songs we listen to in the 80s is that rap has chose to do it on an extreme level and yeah. in, in a language for a culture that identifies with that. All right. Um, you can hear a song from the 80s. If I strip for you, we use trip for me. Yeah. It's said in a nice way. Yeah. And and that's played at the juniors tournaments. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my angel in a centerfold. True. Right. Absolutely. It's about this guy who lost his girlfriend to, to fucking porn and posing posing for nude girly nude magazines. Um, totally. All right. They're not saying Nicki. It, it wasn't a Nicki Minaj approach or a Cardi B approach, but. The lasciviousness has always been there. Okay. And rap has decided to say, hey, we're going to do it in the way we know how, in our support system. And just like I said about Chappelle, if you don't like it, don't listen to it. Totally. Um, Enter John Gruden. This is where um, the comparison between Chappelle and Gruden stops. I always say you never judge somebody for something they did 20 years ago. Or ten years ago, or even five years ago, you. I only care, and I meant, and I, and I'm gonna quote this and share this with someone. I only care who you are now. I don't even, as a volleyball coach, I don't care what, what tournament you won. I mean, I mean that that inspires a conversation, right? Um, 
you know, Alex and April, they won the gold medal or whatever, but are you good people? Um, or do you talk to me in the same nice way that you talk to the people who worship you? If, they, if, you, if you don't, then I'm not interested. I don't give a fuck about you, you know? Um, not them. They're pretty cool. I actually had a conversation. They were nice enough to listen to some of the things I had to say about their whatever. Cool. And it was just, uh, they just finished practice and it was, um, I, I consolidated it to about a minute and a half, but I'm glad they, they, they took it in and they took it in and I'm, and, and now, yeah. and now I'm a piece of my gold medalist. Nice. But damn, did I go off again? G Gruden, this was a pattern from 2011 all the way to 2018. 18. Yeah. So this is a seven-year pattern yeah. that suddenly disappeared when he conveniently was hired in 2018 as a Raiders coach. So all of these emails disappeared. And like you said, I, I think in practice and the way he feels about Gooden and the way he feels about establishment people, mm -hmm. you can go F yourself. Oh, yeah, we can go F ourselves. We got something on you. If we, if we want to get you, just, we, just we, we're going to get you. And boy, did they have the ammunition on him. Years and years of bigotry. Years and years of racially insensitive things. Years and years of misogynistic things yeah. to say. All of these things that they knew about John Gruden coming coming when he left the Raiders and, and, and whatever. Um, as of the question of is as is he racist? And the answer is absolutely not. Racism it, again is the inherent belief that one is superior or inferior because of their race. So if John Gruden is racist in any way, it's because he inherently believes that black people are superior. Because he's always uh had talked about conversations with Tim Brown and this guy, and he's like, Man, that dude's fucking smarter than me. I'm he's I'm just I'm just a fucking coach, you know? Or he'll have a race with someone like uh like a race that he's been he's been training for like months, and then this dude just gets off the couch and beats him in the in the forty. So if 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 there's any racism at all, it's reverse racism. He yeah. believes yeah. that black people are inherently superior. So there's a difference between a white person saying that guy's lip looks like a Michelin tire or a comedian, a black comedian like Adele Givens saying, God bless me with these lips for one or two reasons. It's a, either to sing a song or suck a dick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Recalibrate. No, okay, I got she you. said, I Oh, got, it's nice. She I'm said it's you. 1993. I'll suck the skin off. I mean, dude. So in one instance, everyone's cracking up the whole DSL joke. Mm -hmm what we call dick sucking lips um and i'm back um when do you relate i'm trying all right everyone. so um <laughs> but that's even a worse i mean yeah. that's even a, yeah. mo a more cringeworthy way like like you cringed more yes. you cringe more on the humorous way than and you cringe and and the question is why did you cringe less when he when he said this guy's lips looks like a michelin tire there you had a different kind of cringe right i so, did I mean, yeah you're right so I, I mean, so there is a difference because one was meant to belittle and one was meant to poke fun. Um, he called John Gooden like a, a clueless pussy. <laughs> Joe Biden at, um, at 2012 called him a clueless, whatever, and this and that. And like if he said that in 2020 or 2021, I would agree. But in 2012, that was a Joe Biden that House Paul Ryan and the vice presidential debate. And that Joe Biden was was kind of sharp. He's like, no, no, isn't he a good little boy? <laughs> Look at my arm flail. <laughs> you got to love this guy. Uh, come on, give me a nuzzle. <laughs> just the nose. Give me one nuzzle. So, 
Um, I have no problem with him getting the axe. Well, he resigned. Right. He, he ju- resigned. He, he just right. he resigned. Because if he got fired, they have to pay him all of it. Oh, so, okay. but him resigning, yeah, they were I, able to negotiate. Maybe it was a hundred million dollar contract. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he got forty million out of that. I don't know. This morning mm-hmm. it said that he he's probably not going to walk with the full forty million. That's what they owed him when he when he resigned. Yeah, but he's still going to walk away with plenty. Yeah, he's and he and he was already a rich coming. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. I, and I don't mean more money, more problems. He had generational. He was wealthy. Yeah, right. I mean the commentating job, Monday Night Football or whatever. He should. I mean. Dude, if I had something like that, <laughs> I probably wouldn't coach again. Like if I was right? co- if I was commentating in the AVP or FIVB scene uh, um, on the same level as Barnett, Irwin, and Dane mm-hmm. and them, which to me is like a level above. Because in my heart of hearts, I, I think I'm the I think I'm the best at that. Yeah. Um, but that's just my my bias. You're great at it. But um, not in Atlantic City though. Not my best. Work. No. 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 I didn't. I didn't feel. I, I didn't feel. Um, I didn't leave that feeling well. Okay. But I will say this. I was on an outer court. I didn't have a setup person. I had sound issues on my system where center court didn't, and I was still better than I was still yeah. better than 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 Cameron uh, Boron. With respect to Boron, who I love, and respect to Cameron, Cameron, who mm-hmm. who I have a new profound respect for, being a woman in this man's world, mm-hmm. I was still better than the two of them. That's just that's that's not just me. Yeah. That's that's the feedback I got. Now yeah. specific feedback, no saying no disrespect to them, but I said that. So I don't have a problem. With John getting the axe, these mm-hmm. these came out, and if you and if you click send, there's nothing yeah. out there that clicks send that you right? can unring. Yeah. Isn't your most your least favorite thing removing tweets? Oh, oh, oh this guy tweeted, yo, you a bitch ass nigga, or whatever this and that. Oh, but he removed the tweet. Oh yeah, but like he's how, do you, how do you unring? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how do you unring that bell? I so. All right, and this is where I sound like I'm defending John Gruden, but I'm not defending him. I'm defending a concept. Private conversations exposed for everyone to hear is a slippery fucking slope. Yeah. Wendy. Agreed. Kelly and I, we have conversations in our kitchen um, because our satire and our comedy is a little bit different from everybody else. I don't want anyone to hear. Absolutely, dude. We no. You want to talk about everyone can get it? I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, last week I'm like, I wish we had a midget in the house, so so Braxton could play with it. And first of all, midget as a term is offensive, yeah. right? And now, um, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm not regretful or terribly apologetic, but it was just kind of like a joke where, like, I wish I had someone her size that's yes. ahead of her in IQ or whatever. I think every every child should have a, I mean, I got to stop saying midget, right? Uh, every child should have like a small person or whatever and this and that. And that's just my attempted satire that small, tiny people, mm-hmm. you know, or uh, I, I don't even, you call it a handicap. It's not, a, I mean, to me, it's not a handicap. It's, it's, they're, they're people. I'm a person, yeah. you know. Um, it's a different experience than yeah. ours. No, but, there are cha- you know, challenges. But those conversations, uh, as an example, uh, um, but what you say in your kitchen is anybody's business. If you say too much bad stuff and it becomes part of who you are, the world will find out eventually. Yeah. What you say to your wife in the kitchen, mm-hmm. what you say over breakfast with your best friend, like that's that none of anybody's business. No, like that dude from the Clippers? Yes. He got recorded. See, that's the world I don't want to live in. He got if recorded. you and I come on here and we're going to put this out there, then we're responsible just, for what we say. I just said something about tiny people. <laughs> but, oh. Oh, Again, good lord. Also, it, it's it's following all the way down the line though. No, you, you nobody has to listen. Nobody's being like that's the basis of a free society. 
this is fun. Yeah. And but if someone has it that. out for you, they want to listen. They right. want to listen. And they that's wanna, not okay. They, they can't wait. Yeah. I, 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 and I'm sitting there and I'm blaming the information age on that. And I, 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 I started earlier than that. When yeah. You'd like, go back to Howard Stern. The early 80s, they did a, a survey, like 90% of the people that were, were offended by his material. Mm-hmm. And 80% of that 90% of the people were going to listen next week. Totally. That makes perfect sense to me. It's like so, uh, it's this whole, this It's whole... like watching the car crash. <laughs> like, I don't want to. Oh, oh, I don't want to hear. Oh, I'm listening again. <laughs> like, it's fascinating. It's human nature. Dude, it's, it's all that. It's. Yeah, you know, so, and ugh, no one's perfect. So, Gruden's another. Uh, so, getting back to this, um, speci- in in specific nature, the emails coming out. You 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 choose that you chose a click send. Um, you didn't think it came back; it would come back at you because he felt like a made man, right? Right? He felt like as a coach that they knew his nature. That they knew this this dog right. bark. They knew this dog barks a certain way, and going going back in the coaching, they said, "Hey, if they know that going in, I'm okay. I'm good." Yeah. Um. So in specific nature, it came back to it came back yeah. at him, but in general nature, reading people's pro- I mean, getting into people's yeah. pro- inner thoughts inside their head. Yeah. Um, does not allow people to think out loud. Which right. goes all the way back to, because this is how our genius works, uh, all look full circle, all the way back to comedy. Yeah. Comedy, Wendy, allows certain individuals to, to think out loud yeah. and to be flawed and to say things that are outlandish um, and different styles or different Absolutely. comedians, different styles. Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. Like everyone thinks that's who he really is when he goes home. Yeah. You're a fucking moron. <laughs> All right. I'll say it. In fact, I'll say it like Andrew Dice Clay. You're a fucking, you're a, fu- you're a fucking moron. You're a fucking putz. Uh, um, no, no. He is portraying a character that people where I grew up with, because Flatbush Avenue is predominantly black, but mm-hmm. John Dewey is pure cuisine, man. Mm-hmm. Italians, uh, uh, Italian Americans, Bay Ridge, Bensonhurst, um, Jewish people. Talk and behave the Italian, the American Italian way. Yeah. Puerto Ricans are so everyone talks that that same way. Mm-hmm. So they know that this guy's in the club, hair slicked back, wearing all white. You know, because he yeah. thinks white's the thing, right? Looking for looking for a chick to smash. This character is so outlandish, and should probably not even exist. So if you've never seen that kind of character, it's so ridiculous you have to laugh. Yeah. And for the people that know that character, the people that follow him, that character is so outlandish that they know and they identify and they relate, they laugh. And that's where the humor comes in. And that's why this man has sold out Madison Square Garden twice. Yeah. Um, um, you know, it's, look, it's kid humor. Like well, the little nursery rhymes and stuff like that. It's probably, at the end of the day, uh, I got, I got probably uh, uh, double-digit comedians I, I would watch before him. Close mm-hmm. to double-digit. I mean, yeah. there's Chris Rock who I always like to see. Robin Harris, the late Robin Harris. I watch all his old stuff. He's the guy that created uh, Baby's Kids oh, uh, okay. as the concept. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. um, who else? Uh, Richard Pryor. We Genius. can listen to stuff from the 70s all yeah. the way to the day he died. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, that's rehashed too, right? Oh, is it? Yeah, no. Well, he did something at a, that he didn't know was like a, a, a human rights function. Like the human rights campaign, everyone thinks is like 
uh, everyone's rights, but the human rights campaign is exclusively for the gay, lesbian, bi, trans, and queer community. Mm. I'm not doing acronyms because I always screw it up. I just say the words. Um, You know, when my name's DeBeas and none of you fuckers say my name right now, I don't get offended, so (laughs) relax. Um, Yeah, so in the 70s, he went in there and then when he found out the entire room was gay, he basically said a lot of things uh, that Chappelle said. He says, hey, he says, you want black Peter Beto to be on your side when it comes to your rights, but where the fuck were you Mm. all this time? Right? We're in the same boat. If we're in the same boat, where the fuck were you? And he got booed. And he's like, you know, F y'all, you know, mm. whatever, because he's, he's Richard Pryor. Yeah. And he meant what he said, and he said what he meant. And that got him in some hot water. I think that was in the 70s. Okay. And it was supposed to be a rally. It kind of ruined everyone's night, because it was supposed to be a rally to bring everyone together. Yeah. And um, and instead of doing the Hollywood thing, where, like, I'm just going to be quiet, and they'll reward me for being quiet, he went straight up Philadelphia, New York, haterade, served, wow. served in vanilla and chocolate. In, in, uh-huh. in that in that gay community, um, where the fuck were you before? Interesting. Where were you? I mean, oh, oh you you know uh, you. Well, that's oh, now the- you care about my rights because you now because you, you got something in the game. Yeah. You know, um, he's right, and um, yeah, and he's also wrong. He's wrong in the sense that now that we're all together, we ain't got time to talk to 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 because I just said I don't care about your past. Mm-hmm. You know. So I'm not, I don't support him, otherwise I wouldn't be me. Um, but yeah, I don't think he should be canceled. For, thank God right. he wasn't canceled for that. He's yeah. not. But we, that was also a different time. The truth hurts. You could, you could make an entire room of people mad, but you weren't going to get canceled. Mm-hmm. That was the difference between then and now. Yep. You know what I mean? It was a different time, but it's closer yeah. than we thought. Totally. Do you know what's the last state to actually uh, like equal rights for, for voting rights or civil rights uh, it came down uh, it became a federal mandate but but Mississippi was the last state to get on board and that was only like seven years ago <laughs> you know in the state that's age. scary yeah so uh, um, well I mean I was studying with my son for his social studies test and two of the questions were see this painting see this painting tell us the the essay was is it is this a historically accurate painting tell me why and one of them is the signing of the declaration of independence and it's a bunch of white men sitting around a desk and out in the audience and and i I was like why is that historically accurate or not well it is but it's like they're they were drawing the question because guess what back then a bunch of white men with funny hair were making the decisions Mm -hmm. that was it right but we've evolved but how do you evolve past and still tolerate how to and part of that like you said i don't care about your past you can't judge every single thing that everybody's ever done you won't Agreed. like you won't like anybody no that'd be <laughs> like yeah you know well that's track record is a thing consistency is a mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. like yeah to quote to quote the inner circle what yeah. what you're gonna do when they come for you yeah bad boys like bad boys bad what day? you're gonna do when they come for you yeah work on yourself yeah make yourself better it's well what's gonna happen is either they're gonna make society so buttoned down that they're not just gonna say mission accomplished go home because they're still in this residual attack mode like i told you before um off 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 the air a couple of weeks ago if you only identify with being a hammer Mm -hmm. you're only gonna be out there looking for nails yep 
that's more like whack-a-mole but yeah but but like um so that kind of personality that kind of sherman tank personality mm-hmm. which I'll, I'll give you it's an actual thing i'll look I'll, okay. I'll, I'll pull it up for you that kind of personality when when it's over eventually they'll turn on each other yeah oh for sure they'll, they'll turn on each other but why because they don't want to look at themselves i'm telling you well there's nobody else left there's nobody else left and looking inward is the hardest thing that you'll ever do yeah I'm going to, I'm the, actually, when you're doing that, I'm going to pull up, while you're talking about, yeah. I'm going to pull up Sherman Tate personality. Okay. Go ahead. Well, the thing, and this is the, at the top of my list for people that I enjoy spending time with, reality. Give me your real self. You don't have to agree with me, but give me, give it, give it to me straight. Tell me who you are. And then I can make a judgment, you know, if I want to be around this. of the time, 80% of the time, I don't want to, like, but people being real and being who they are based on their experience in their life does not have to offend you. Jay, you and I are so different and yet we can spend tons of time together and not agree on certain things or whatever and we're still really good friends. Like, that is the greatest thing about human connection. I don't want everybody to think like me. I don't want to have to think like anybody else, but I want to be able to say what I want to say because it's based on my experience. And I think everybody's experience is valuable. That's what makes the world go round. That's what Definitely. makes, you know, so. So Sherman Tank personality. Here's something I'll put up here. Sherman Tank personality in many communication courses to describe a, a type of difficult person. Mm-hmm. Sherman Tanks are people who are absolutely compelled to make you see things their way. Getting us to agree with them is the single most important objective of the Sherman Tank. Um, how to deal with them, mm. strategy, hold your ground, don't get angry. Because yes. if you get angry or if you defend, they're the first ones to play the victim. Totally. Um, breathe slowly and deeply, interrupt the attack, say their name over and over, firmly and clearly. Wow. It's a way to bring things to eye level, but um, this is a brief synopsis because I'm I, 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 again I don't have Miranda here. Give them a little time. Don't worry about being polite. I don't even know. Oh, that's coping with Sherman tanks. I'm look. I'm actually looking for tank tank behavior. There it is. Confrontational, pointed, and angry. The ultimate. The ultimate and pushy and aggressive behavior. Dealing with people you can't stand. How to bring out the best in the people and, and at their at their worst. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's as far as I can take it without well without um Yeah. So yeah, those kind of the if again, I just said before, if you only identify with being a hammer, you're only gonna be looking for yeah. nails. And those kind of people's um those groups. Yeah. When there's no one else left to mess with, they'll implode. Yeah, we were just we were talking about Ren, right? Mm-hmm. Good example. And everyone listening, just bear with me because it mm-hmm. sounds like I'm going. I'm there. He goes again. He had a group of volleyball players. Like all of them were gay except for the middles. All right. Okay. Um, and for a long time, pickup games, um, New York Urban, you know, local tournaments, they were just the queens. And the closest two teams that ever came to beating them were the teams that, that were stacked, like the good old boys club and yeah. me. I had a bunch of misfits and me. Honestly, I was just a G. I would, I would just take anyone and play anyone anytime. I was, I was at any time, any, any, anywhere yeah. person. So That's the Fresno State mentality. There's a place called Fr- <laughs> uh, Friday Night Volleyball in LaGuardia okay. High School and uh-huh. there's something called the Advance Court. And to their credit, 
they took this court and they monopolized it because there were a lot of intermediate players that wanted to play in advanced court and they weren't good. Mm -hmm. So they would not only beat them, but they would humiliate them. So they dealt with that group. And now, and now they're with me. And now they're doing, they're, my own friends ran or whatever. They're all talking shit and they're trying to, they're trying to mess up my crew. And my crew, my, you know, these guys, this, Eugene's from the South Bronx. Bernard's from Harlem. I'm from Flatbush. Mm -hmm. You go too far, we'll just walk under the net and pop you in your mouth. This, is, this isn't the South Bay, son. You know, this, yeah. is, you, this isn't Chelsea. You know, well, you know, so, you know, and it became a miserable place to play because of that. So, so I told one night I was at a, a dinner and Kenny's just like, what, what, you know, and, and Eugene, I'm like, what the hell the, f the fuck was Ren's problem? Ren and I didn't talk for like three years, in fact, because of that, because mm -hmm. I, I, I threatened him, physically threatened mm -hmm. him. And I said, look, and they said, you know, why do you always, why do you always try to, fuck, to mess with them? I said, if I wanted to destroy them, this is the, the, the through line here. Yeah. I said, if I wanted to destroy them, I would stop coming Friday nights. The best way to destroy that team and destroy those personalities mm -hmm. to not show up. And when there's no worlds left to conquer, you watch. You watch them implode and you watch them turn on each other. And now, Ren, Ren, who might come on the podcast, he'll be the first one to tell you. He doesn't talk to this person. I don't know if it's Selena or Marco mm -hmm. or whatever. Him and Raul, they're, they're all right, but they don't talk. So this, or Irve, this, this group of people yeah. who were united for a cause against people like me. If there's no me, you're going to implode. Yeah. And I know my personality. If I win, I'm not going to implode. No. If I win, look, if I take a ship, everyone can get on board. Everybody yeah. can, every, everyone hop on. It's the difference. It's a scarcity mindset versus an abundance mindset. Mm -hmm. There's room Thank for you. everybody. Please talk right? to me about that. There's room for everybody. Scarcity mindset is going to say, I got to go me first because there's only this much space. And if I, I don't take that up that space, I go, I am nothing. Abundance, there's enough success, there's enough prosperity, there's enough hope and everything else that you ever wanted in your life. There's enough of that for everyone. There's enough attention for everyone. No doubt. There's enough room for every voice. Mm -hmm. Unless you're trying to take, you know, I mean, maim, kill, rape, make all the worst things in the world. Yeah. But for the most part, with an abundance mindset, there is room for everybody. You don't have to think or act one certain way. Yeah. The world's better that way. And it feels a whole lot better. The mm -hmm. fear goes away. You go out and say what you want to say. You don't worry about what someone's going to think about it. Because you know your intention is good. That's it. Nice. Well it's said. Easy. I needed you to break that but down. But it's not easy me. to I'm get like, there. It's not easy no. to get there. That's why we got the Optimist Journal, yeah. dude. Come on. What's up? Oh, it's a journey. That's for sure. So... What else did we want to talk about? Mm. We're doing current events. Kyle Beach. My favorite. Kyle Beach. Hockey player. Okay. There was um, a, There was a John Doe case mm -hmm. that someone accused someone on a, um, the Chicago Blackhawks of sexual assault. Mm, I don't know this case. I don't case. know uh, at what level of sexual assault, if it was rape, okay. or maybe they just call rape, rape. Um, he was anonymous um, regarding a sexual assault a few years ago, and now he's come out. And um, it's so weird for just for this to happen to two male adults, you know. Oh, I don't, so the cases between two male adults. Yeah, I'm gonna okay. actually. Yeah, I haven't seen this. This is fresh off the press. And the only reason why I knew is because I did Sports Debate Tuesday. Oh, okay. And Rob and I, we didn't we didn't talk about this. He is the player suing Chicago. This is NPR. 
Let's go to NPR. All right. And here we go. And let's zoom it. A Chicago, uh, former Chicago Blackhawks player came forward publicly as the man who filed a lawsuit against the hockey team over how the organized mishandle of his sexual assault allegations. So he reported it and they sat on it. Mm. He revealed himself as the anonymous John Doe who filed the lawsuit. According to his allegations, he complained to team leaders um, back in 2010 that Brad Aldrich, I think he's a GM or something like so that, sexu sexually assaulted him. Upper management ignored, ignored the complaints. And here we are. The in NHL ticket. So we're 11 years later here. Yeah. Rape's a real thing, man. No. Rape and I is mean, something. No, I have, there's, there's no room in my, as I talk about this, to make yeah. any excuses for yeah. that kind of stuff. For, No. What even? What That's crime. Us, what happened That's to crime. <laughs> That's not. What yeah. What happened to just knowing what no that, means? <laughs> yeah. That's crime, and uh, there's no, there's no two ways about it. I'll go, I'll go black and white with you on that issue. <laughs> I guess the reason why I brought it up is, there's a lot of people that think that there's a statute of limitations on when people should come forward to sexual assault, but I think mm. with they're missing, um. Whether from a scientific perspective or a social perspective, mm -hmm. there are certain things about sexual assault that us will either in our character armor block it out, and, it, yeah. and but it keeps rehashing and it's still right. this ongoing problem. It's or, stuck deep in your body. Yeah, by the or way. it yeah. might psychologically affect you where you're not able to do your other For sure. functions as a mammal. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna come clean. I was um, attempted multiple multiple times yeah. attempted molested by my piano teacher. Yeah, I was I was actually and I was already molested by 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 two two other women, but this was a man, and I was thirteen years old, right? So, one day he came, you know, because he would come into the house to do lessons. One one day, I'm like, I'm not coming downstairs. I just refused to come downstairs. Yeah, and then I wasn't taking piano lessons, and my parents were pissed at me. Yeah, uh, uh, my mom especially. Um, but I wasn't. I didn't want anything to do with him. I didn't want to play piano. Uh, I went to a private school, a Lutheran parochial school, St. Stephen's, which mm -hmm. was for smart kids. We were fourth grade students doing like eleventh grade work. I so, believe it. Um, and I got kicked out of the school. I cho I failed every class until I got kicked out. He, because he, was the organist for the chapel. That's right. And he also taught music class for my grade. So I had to deal with this guy. So I'm not saying that no. I failed every class to get kicked out. I just, but, but you, psychologically, I just psychologically shut down on yeah. subjects, math, science, and English, something that have nothing to do with Absolutely. something that on the surface has nothing, it seems like it has nothing to do with him. That's but, your survival mechanism but, kicking but, in. But, but for the people that don't understand the science and how your brain is wired yeah. and your psychological growth from a kid to a teen, from a teen to a young adult, from a young adult to a full adult, I was a boy interrupted. Yeah. And your, your high school came along and I, I just refused to do homework. I didn't want to do that project. I failed the class. You know, um, the army kind of knocked a lot of that fear out. But when I came back, I went to Hunter College for mm -hmm. one semester refused to refuse to just do simple projects and 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 these two things where one thing seems ha has nothing to do with the other i learned later were, were connected absolutely there's a reason why i was a returning adult student and when i was let me tell you something i graduated with a 371 so yeah so i'm so i got you know that got Your brain figured is out sharp. but i think <laughs> the point no i'm trying to make is i'd love to i mean the, i don't know if he's alive or whatever but i'd love to see that mother that yeah. was 
1983 i'd love to see that motherfucker in jail right now yeah you know yeah i, I understood later and i'll just say his name i'll out this mm -hmm. motherfucker okay. his name is dr raymond elliot brock he's a phd in his music and the school was very very happy to have him um but i found out later i mean this is almost like um what was that movie with that was a play with Meryl Streep and Philip Seymour Hoffman about oh, the priest. Gosh. Doubt. Doubt, yeah. It was doubt. Yeah. Um, very much like that. Mm -hmm. Someone that came, that had a past, that that the church, um, you know, stayed hush-hush about. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like a second chance. Mm -hmm. And churches like to give people second chances, but that that's man no, you're you, getting you, for territory. you and me that's 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 one of those things that's almost unforgivable no, so yeah. so it was one of those things where i found out later that he came there because he was not welcome mm. in his previous place without saying too much mm -hmm. i also found out why like he come to uh to teach me piano, whatever, and, and yeah. my parents would invite him to dinner multiple times. In fact, we we saw Victor Borga together, which Victor Borga was like a musical comedian. Mm -hmm. I saw him at Carnegie Hall, but then he's the one that arranged that. Um, but without getting into too much of the, the details or whatever, because uh, uh, I'm mm. not, uh, right. we're, we're not going there on that podcast. Maybe another episode when I'm more comfortable, because yeah. this is already uncomfortable. Yeah. But but um, I think we. Ah, oh, God, it's so weird talking about this openly. Because yeah. I'm into, um, I'm part of a group called St. Stephen's where we, we, this group where we all catch up. Hey, how you doing this and okay. that? And I, I was just thinking about writing a long, yeah. a long soliloquy about right. why I left. Because they, they just knew one year I was, a, I was an A student and the next year I just failed out and I was gone. So, yeah. and no one, no one knew why. But I Did think anybody the, ever ask? Or was it just a time that you weren't? My father thought I was being bullied. Okay. You know, my I, my mom. I told my mom, didn't believe me. She said I was Ouch. lying. She said I just I was just trying to find ways because I didn't want to play piano. So, Ouch. which is, she's a. I don't even want to talk okay. about that one. That's yeah, a whole other subject matter. Yeah. But I think, bringing it back, Kanye West style. Um, while wow, we're live too, um. Statute of limitations on a sexual assault. Mm -hmm. Is, is is a tricky thing. It is. And no, it and, no, and no two cases are alike. Of, yeah. No two cases are alike. Yeah. You have a one side saying, always believe the woman, always believe this person or whatever and this and that. And I guess they do that for a reason. And then, because that, that sexual assault, that's where the argument comes from. What are the talking points, right? Mm -hmm. On one side, why would she lie? Yeah. Right? And if you can't answer why, why she would lie, then the guy's, the person's guilty. Yeah. Right? Right. And then on the other side, who's taking the guy's side is like, oh, boy, you, boy, this is convenient. She, she, this person comes in the 11th hour when this person's about to be elected or or this person's in a position where he's getting he's getting revered and he has an opportunity to take takes whatever, whatever have you to the next level. Yeah. So, well, there's a lot of psychology involved in there. And there, that is a situation where when you see the statistics on sexual abuse, like I know they're they're it's like 40 percent for women. Yeah, it's scary. For, mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that for men like it is it's a subject that absolutely puts a stamp on the rest of your life that you have to you have to work your way out of yeah. that psychological trauma. And that is a big, big T trauma. But as a kid, how life. do you even see any of that coming until you it happens? You don't know. Oh, you don't? And that's, right? it, that's, it's not like Chris Rock. Remember no. Chris Rock was talking about different uncles? He says, you got your molester uncle, <laughs> you know? I told you not to mess with him. Now walk it off. You know, so um, no. Yeah. So that's. Different. But you don't know, but yeah. as a kid, you don't mm -hmm. know that stuff. No. 
And nor should you have to. No. And that's the one that put me over the top because it's 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 happened to me twice before that. Yeah. Before thirteen. So without yeah. unnaming unnaming that's, parties, I'm not. I'm not. Well, I don't want you know. But uh, but I found out that guy would show up to dinner or whatever with bruises, and um, mm. my mom asked my parents asked what happened. He said he got mugged, and then he, again a couple of weeks later he got mugged again. Mm. But I found out later it was a group of kids. Um, like he, he attempted to molest one of the kids, like in the, in the hood, this is East Flatbush. So every time they saw him, they whooped his ass. And that's what happens to you in jail. And every time, yeah, Yeah. every time these kids saw him, uh, they they ganged up on him and he'd show with fresh bruises. But I found out later the reason why is because, because he would whoop his ass. Yeah. And there, I can't. Yeah. that's the top of unforgivable mm-hmm. and but it had to come out life. because let me yeah. tell you something a lot a lot of my the kids i went to school with when they became adults we would have jokes they would have jokes and conversations where they he would have this thing where he'd like to pat kids on the bottom mm-hmm. and so the kids would be like bye dr luck they'd be like this they just show him his front bye dr brock and they back up mm-hmm. bye dr brock so they shared the jokes so uh, um all of them knew that inappropriate touching inappropriate back. touching was <laughs> there so yeah. they they really. saw it coming yeah i didn't see it coming i, I just i'm just a fucking kid dude i didn't even want, i didn't even want to play piano <laughs> you know yeah. i'm just like all right someone thinks i got some talent yeah you know i got these big old mitts and i don't even see how i don't know i don't know small handed people play piano better than better yeah. than these these blockers hands yeah. these yeah. these hands were meant for setting my dude okay yeah. these yeah. hands were meant to set so um and i don't it's weird because if the audience listening and I apologize to you guys. You don't know where I'm going with this. I'm swearing I'm bringing it back because we were talking. The general foundation bringing it back was statute of limitations. Mm-hmm. Like if so, if it happened yeah. 20 years ago, did I get to come right. back and say this? Yeah. And a lot of people, you say no. And, and for me, honestly, in many cases, I say no too. Right. And this is right. and this is weird because I've experienced the other. I have every reason to say they yeah. should. Right. Yeah. Um, please. Well, I mean, that's a big, that's a big topic because I think we went from, you know, should people be able to go back and dig up thing, things you did in your past versus mm-hmm. absolutely traumatic events that changed the course of people's lives. And especially Their when psyche. you're, yes, when you are, exactly, your psyche is harmed in such a way, especially when you're a child, hmm. how would you, putting a statue of limitations on a child that, yeah. that doesn't even understand how wrong and how much what just happened to them is going to how it's going to affect their psyche and the things they're going to have to go through to work their way out of that trauma the other other thing a lot of people don't talk about is the level of uh unfounded guilt that people feel that it happens to them there's guilt there's zero guilt to the person doing the molesting but and there's almost there's 98 to 100 percent guilt of the people that it happened to well and because Um, and for guys there's shame yeah. What what guy is gonna want to talk? I mean, guys probably three times worse than girls. I mean, uh, um, maybe girls because well, maybe... there's shame attached to that no matter what. But I see where you're coming from the male perspective. The shame for sure because the us... strength that's protect the the strength that is projected from for males even at uh, when you're a little boy is different yeah. than girls are looked at as more fragile. Which I'm not even saying that that should be the case. Right. But it it is. But it, it either way, there's, there's shame attached to that that you're not. You don't even have the skills to bring that out. And then look, you did, and someone didn't believe you. Someone that you trusted to keep you safe didn't believe you. Right. That in itself, there's the abuse, and then there's that's a whole nother level yeah. of like, 
wait a second, now what do I do with it? Like, that's just layer upon layer. It's of... weird because you're doing a story on me and I never even told you that. Yeah, I, I know. I never even told it's you coming. that. I mean, there are, there, are, there are a whole bunch of other things. Actually, that were, it that is were... in there. It is in there. Right. So, but, so. I, but, but this story, but it, 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 it also goes, that's what I, I, I am a big believer and I'm so fascinated with what causes post-traumatic stress versus post-traumatic growth. And I think that there is something connected in there that that's why your story is so amazing mm. because you tell these things and to look where you are today and see you go about with precision focus on what you want to do and who you want to be and yeah. not really care what anybody else thinks, even though I know you also have a trusted network of people around you who hold you up, like that is where everyone wants to get. And to come through what you've come through, that's post-traumatic growth. Like to say that, I mean, I've heard your stories of having your pockets cut out on the subway and having no money and to, like to sit where you sit today, that's the story. That's what people are inspired by. That's what they want to hear because people want to believe that they can come through something hard and they can be better. But sometimes we get stuck and that's psychological. It's not their fault, but you got to know where to go when you get stuck. You can't stay in that place. Yeah. So I'm fascinated by stories of people that get past whatever that trauma was to become something bigger and better and then go out and help other people. And that's what you're doing by sharing what you're sharing. Well, what doesn't destroy you, I guess, defines who you are, yes. right? So, yeah. Um, I guess for everyone listening to this, um, we were talking uh, um, in acting class. We have something called chakra work where there's like mm, I love chakra first chakra. Work. Well, yeah. first, second, and third. Root. Let's talk about that. First, yeah. second, and third. One is your groundedness. Yeah, one is your fluids. Your and the third is your ego identity. Mm -hmm. So with the explosion of those three are implosions. Mm -hmm. So if someone messes with that, the the opposite of groundedness is, is fear, yeah. right? right? The opposite of fluids and energy is um, guilt. guilt. Is guilt. Yeah. Yeah. And the ego identity is shame. Yeah. So if something like that happens to you at a young kid, because young right. kids, they're still the, the, the ground on your feet, yeah. your energy, and, and, your, and, and your, your ego, and then the fourth one, the, the, to hear and speak the truth, that's all fucked up. Yeah. Your safety's gone. Yeah. You, you when you feel, take you the feel, safety away. You feel ashamed. You feel guilty. You feel whatever. Um, yeah. you, feel you feel like damaged goods. Yeah. You feel like you are weaker. Mm -hmm. You're not as strong as everybody else. Because you, you, if you were strong enough or smart enough, this wouldn't you wouldn't have been in, yeah. in the first place. So for everybody watching, I'm going to look at the camera. You, um, I am not, I'm not weaker. Yeah. Any, any of you that saw me for the first time you look at my eyes you don't see weak you see strength you see nothing but strength you see an overload of strength I'm not um, I have zero little to zero shame um, and here I am and and if anyone if that happened to you I mean, just come see me come see me off the camera we can just talk about it I'm not a doctor but I recognize the symptoms alright but there's no shame alright there's no guilt there's no, you're not weak. You're not, uh, you're, you, uh, I mean, if you're still alive, you're not weak. You know I mean, a lot of weak people just kill them, you know, will, will probably kill themselves or, or be even more messed up than what you are right now. So you, you came out kind of, but it's still messing with you. I'm probably the best person to have the conversation, second best person, because Wendy, the work she's doing with the Optimist Journal is just, is just, she, you, she, you're, you're a fucking savage right now. And, and uh, again, we're not medical professionals, and medical no. professionals might, might prescribe a prescription or they might actually get around to doing some work and helping you um, beyond medication. 
um, which is the other reason why I don't trust the scientists mm-hmm. over, over science, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about so, the health. Yeah. Finding those fundamentals and then mm-hmm. working with people through transitions because we're all, we've all been, yeah. we all go through them. Mm-hmm. Um, but one, know. one, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is one must participate in one's own salvation. Yeah. You got to, you got, you got to get out there and it can't stay the same. It doesn't, you think it goes away, but really you're just, your character armor is just blocking it out and it's going to rehash somewhere where you least expect it or it's going to, or you have, it's residually rehashing and you don't know why. And it's blocking you from doing other things mm-hmm. where it feels like one thing has zero to do with the other. Trust me. They might be connected. So true. They just might be connected, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. But finishing the episode, we're going to yeah. finish in a bit. Yeah. The whole, another example about science and scientists, mm-hmm. um, like I have little no cartilage left in my knee, mm-hmm. just years and years of playing indoor, yeah. right? Right. Now you can see a doctor that gives you a brace yeah. and gives you drugs to get rid of the pain. Or you can do some research or see a doctor that, or, or you can do some research and find out that the cartilage you have left can repair itself if you, if you eat the right foods. There's a certain dietary thing, yeah, nuts, sure. nuts, this and I was doing some yeah. research or whatever. Yeah. And I'm, I'm doing this research. And while I'm reading this research on how I can prove, approve my knee all the way up to cadaver surgery yeah. or like cartilage replacement yeah. surgery instead of knee replacement surgery. Yeah. All of these things I'm reading and researching and all these ideas. You know what I'm thinking to myself? Why the hell didn't my doctor say any of this to me? Uh-huh. The guy that, that I know. my significant other and my family members are like, you're going to fucking argue with a professional. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. You're just you're just you're out there. You're like, you're this you're this you're this right wing or whatever idiot. Yeah. Why? the? But the whole time yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, why the fuck? Why the fuck didn't my doctor say any of this to me? Yeah. Why the hell didn't the person who's supposed good, to be studying medicine? Yeah. Why the hell? And that's why I said I trust the science because my research right. is is science. Find yourself a good naturopath or osteopath that Ooh. that is tra- that is trained in Western medicine, but will also let in the Eastern thought. Yeah, like it's a beautiful combination. Homeo and naturopathic are the same thing, guys. In yeah. case anyone's wondering the difference between those two, not a damn thing. They're the same yeah. thing. Homeopathic and naturopathic. Yeah. Um, if that's incorrect, please message me. I'll apologize next show. But I, I believe they're the same thing. Yeah. Well, and and I think an osteopath blends the two. Right. So. Yes. Fuck yeah. If, if I if I get cancer, I want to know every Western medicine treatment there is. But do I believe that? Or and I've I've lived it. I mean, that's why I go to acupuncture and chiropractic and myofascial tissue release and all of these things that are not part of the big pharma game. You know, I mean, do I eat beet? I drink beet juice in the morning to take care of my blood vessels because I don't ever want to take blood pressure medicine i've read about what it does to your brain it's You're scary right. it does yep. like it's there's so many things and if you listen to the end what's of wrong it, with garlic yeah exactly what's wrong with garlic in your so, life that lowers, lowers blood pressure and it's totally <laughs> totally it's all these things that as americans like we've gotten to a place where it's, let's keep it easy and pop a pill like yeah. no do you not dude I get wound up so much, my blood pressure should be through the roof, and it's not. Yeah. It's always 110 over 70 or something so like that. It's always. Yeah. I put garlic on everything. everything. I, I, pizza joints, they don't believe in garlic out here. In fact, when I ask I if know. they have garlic, you... they look at me like I have two fucking heads. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a pizza yeah. joint. Is this a pizza joint or not? <laughs> okay. Was... You got you got chili pepper. You got everything. You got oregano. Yeah. They, got, they got everything right. except no garlic. garlic powder. And I'm like, you know you made your sauce in that, right? You know it's yeah. in the back. <laughs> Anybody in the back? <laughs> Anybody in the back? Give me some garlic, please. Yeah. So, um, so, but I wanted to, 
Sorry, but I wanted to finish the podcast with that. Yeah. Uh, uh, an example of, of like, I'm not an anti-science guy. I love the science. Yeah, I appreciate sure. the science. I'm just talking about things that are convenient for me that enhance my quali- quality of life. Yeah. Wearing a brace for the rest of my life is inconvenient. In fact, mm-hmm. looking at my leg, it reminds me that it hurts even worse. I, yeah. I took it off. I tried to play with it. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't play with it. Interesting. You know, so now I just limit my games. Yeah. I don't just, I'm not going to play 10 games with a brace. I'm going to yeah. play five without. Yeah. And, and if I play five and nothing hurts... It's a good day. Unless I'm in Carmel. Uh, totally. Those fucking crazy ass people do. I want to uh, hear about man, it. I'm so The last two I days, it. I played 13 games each day. I'm wrecked. I haven't touched the ball since. I bet. I don't want to touch a volleyball. You, I, I don't yeah. want those those crazy fucking 40 and 50 year olds and since a couple of 60 year olds. I don't know what makes them pop back like a rubber band where I they're know. just playing like I mammals. Uh, Matt Chopay. God bless you. South of the Border so Vacations. I'm so bummed I missed um, it. I couldn't make it. There's Tom Davenport. the Scott Davenport. Yeah. AVP. Tom yeah. Davenport runs SOB. South of the Border Vacations. Okay. Basically, it's a bunch of people that yeah. go to Extapa. They go to, they go to Cabo. They invite six pros. And the six bros do exhibition games. You can exhibition against them. They do one-hour clinics every day. Yeah. It is the best vacation. Uh, one will right ever be on in her life so carmel is like a pre it's a pre-sob thing yeah um and the guy who was doing the clinics was me so so but i'm a coach so the day we spent in central park when i played nine games and my aura ring said 19 miles that day of walking equivalent <laughs> that after after flying cross country and doing all that was the best and longest day i've had in so long but Right after that is when my back went bad, and yes. I could not. And I'm telling you, you couldn't even sit with me in Manhattan I Beach. I couldn't even sit with you at the finals courtside in Manhattan Beach because my back was so bad. And when I wanted to go to Carmel with you, but I wouldn't have made ten games. I have had to do this whole rehab, Pilates, like rowing machines, oh, all these exercises I'm doing to try to get back. And I'm playing once a week. I'm looking for that actually while we're talking we God, got that was the we got about four minutes left day. on our podcast before we actually yeah. have to um uh putting and put in the new file <laughs> yeah we but i think i think talk. we can wrap up maybe yeah, I'll, maybe I'll, sure. I'll, I'll maybe i'll put it in the end on the edit okay i'll put it in the end on the edit because that was, were, an it was like blast. i just have a 30 second video of, of like everyone dancing to salsa music oh yeah and I, playing I, volleyball and they have like food and this and that at the same time and neno's a hottie you know, Nano's a good, Nano's yeah. a good looking. I'm a little gay for Nano, dude. Yeah. You know, and some people will be offended by like I'm a little gay, but but you know, so what? Come get me. Was a great um, day. Come see me. You know, or and I'll apologize if I'm wrong, but but um, that was. I've got that on my phone. If you don't have it, I'll send it to you. I have it on my Facebook profile. I'm just okay. trying to go to July, anywhere July 24th, and I'm almost there. I'm on August 4th yeah. right now, so bear with me. Okay. Um, the whole time I'm looking for it, July 30th. That's six man. I remember that. Ooh, Todd Rogers. That's cool. July 26th. Nice. There we go. All right, now I'm there. There's Cameron Irwin. Beach volleyball, beach volleyball. Oh my God, Carmine's the restaurant. We had a great time. That was a great trip. Where is it? Here it is. We're dancing salsa. Actually. I think I'll just, I think I'll just do that one. That's, That's you Neno. just playing. That's you That's serving. Such a fun game. Look at look at Central Park. That's beautiful. That's yeah, Ren Osborne. I didn't even know That's existed. Ren actually giving it to someone as <laughs> usual. <laughs> so fun. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. 
What a day. Yeah, so... Oh, Wendy. We Always left so fun. much on the table, but at the same time, we covered so much. And yeah. thank you for doing this again. I really, Love really it. appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and uh, two things before we go, and, and we got to do this quick. Um, yeah. Plug in your website. Okay. Um, I've got a new... Uh, a- a new one coming. So um, I'm still writing my blog called The Optimist Journal. My new website is coming. It's called Be Better with Wendy Jones. And we've got so many stories. I am booking appointments locally and doing online um, coaching, Reiki sessions, um, all my writing, everything that's just meant to connect generations through story and um conversations like this so. nice all right yeah. now you got to do my nfl pick six where you have to you have to challenge the host oh God. Okay. really we just pick one okay packers right. against the cards uh packers steelers against the browns steelers eagles at lions eagles patriots at chargers patriots bucks at saints mm, saints and cowboys at vikings cowboys that's it cool man we did it all right Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionVB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.